Doc Rivers continues to time and time again not get it when it comes to getting... Oh! Let him play! You bet one one bone to win 19? I'm sorry. Where, what site do you use where you can actually bet one buck? <laughs> they let you do 50 cent bets. Oh my goodness, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, literally, like he dropped Superman down like the drain, comes out. Like, God damn it, Superman. <laughs> I don't know, honey. I don't know where he got that from. From Los Angeles, this is Dave in the City, part of the Dit Cow Sports Network. Now, here's Dave Medina. Good evening, sports fans, and a pleasure to have you here back with us here on the Good Cal Football Show. It's good to have you with us from the Dave in the City Studios at the home of Champions Southern California after a absolutely bananas weekend in uh, both in both levels of football. What chaos everywhere. Scott Frost is fired from Nebraska, Notre Dame, and AM, both upset at home. Yet an absurd opening weekend in the NFL that featured the Giants actually winning a game and going ahead, going above 500 for the first time since 2017. You had the Chargers fend off the Raiders to get a win, and normally the Chargers blow that game. You had the Broncos going into town, into their, into um, Russell Wilson's former town in Seattle, and uh, coming out a loser. I mean, it's there's a lot of surprises, twists and turns, and changes in two overtime games. One of them ended in a tie. Just an insane weekend of football, folks. So let's let's get ready to recap it all. And uh, we also have our friends here tonight. Uh, Beebs sends his best, but uh, he'll be sending the picks via the text. Everyone else is here, though, tonight. Andy, John, and Kevin all here. Um, I just need to make some adjustments um, on my on the back end, but you don't have to worry about that uh, if you're watching on stream on YouTube tonight. And particularly if you're um, if you're <laughs> if you're just tuning in on uh, on the podcast via the Apple Podcast. So, um, so yeah, I mean, with all that chaos, with all the near upsets and near upsets, you know, Bama definitely felt a little fortunate to win their game. And uh, but uh, all through all the while, we we held steady, and it looks like a lot of us ended up doing okay for the weekend. So we'll try to roll into week three and hope for more of the same action. Everybody, let's hit it. All right, folks, football picks, week three. And um, as we mentioned, it was nobody had a winning week last week, but it was still a very nice spot for Kevin on the Cape, who continues his first place thing with two and two. Ron, John, and Andy. Ron and John also were two and two for the week. Andy and I, Dave, were one and three for week number two in our picks contest. So that gives us. Uh, these results for the for the rest of the season and in just a moment they'll pop up I went through that a little too quickly but if you're watching on YouTube you can see those are the, the results from last week and then taking a look ahead and uh, recapping the season in total oh I think that's up to me to do this okay <laughs> I have to push the button myself okay yeah so Kevin's up ahead four Kevin's in first place at four and two Ron's in second place at three and three and everybody else is two and four in a three-way tie for third place. So, plenty of opportunity to, to nudge into this because we're only in the week three. But uh, good times ahead, absolutely. So, let's let's roll into our show and uh, say hi to somebody to start us off. Who was who I just saw over the weekend? Uh, Andy, it's great to see you again. I, you know, nice to see. It was nice to visit your town for a few days. Man, what a great city you have! Like I, I want to go back. I already want to go back already. Like I. Uh, but uh, how are you, Andy? 
Oh, it didn't rain. <laughs> Why did you get the rain? <laughs> no, I'm glad. I was glad. I'm glad. It sounds like you had a good time the rest of the time after Thursday night. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we you had the uh, Bills. I had the Rams. We were watching that game together. Yeah. It was yeah. a disaster from a Ram standpoint. <laughs> but uh, glad you you didn't get any rain. JB, why is it raining all the time? But uh, yeah, it all, it all worked out. Yeah, Good I wanna, to be on the show. A lot of juice. A lot, a lot of, of juice. juice. A lot of juice. I can't wait to go back. I want to see. I'm the only thing I didn't do there. I did everything else, but the only thing I didn't do is watch a sporting event. And I I think there's a lot of juice in Seattle sports right now. You got the got the M's doing well. Seahawks um, coming off a pretty big victory. I don't think a lot you of people. You dub too. Um, about to host Michigan State this coming weekend, so lots going on up there, up your way. Good times. Um, all right, so let's say hi to let's also say hi to John in Connecticut. John, good to have you back. How's it going tonight? What's up, Dave? Yeah, uh, what a crazy week of games, especially with college football, and then the one p.m. slate on Sunday. I mean, this is what we wait all summer for um, to, to have that kind of action, and then the coup de gras on Monday night. With, I'm sure we'll get to with the clock management decisions uh, by the Denver coach, but uh, we won't get ahead of ourselves. But yeah, uh, things are good. have my uh, trip to Vegas coming up starting on Friday through Monday. So that should be good times. We will be in the building for UNLV North Texas. I don't even know if it's on TV anywhere, but who cares? I will be there. Um, Mountain West Network. (laughs) All right, let's go. Yeah, tune in. Maybe I think I have like club seats. They're like fifty bucks. I'm like in one of the first few (laughs) rows. I don't think there'll be anybody there. Uh, So maybe you'll see me on on uh, the Mountain Mountain West Network. But yeah, um, happy to be on and and talking about all the action with you on that. Yeah, that's great. I mean, have a great trip to Vegas. I know that you do that every year, and and uh, good luck, of course, on all the things you do over there. So uh, sweet, John. Let's go rolling the guy. Who also has had a few trips to Vegas in his lifetime? Let's get let's talk to our friend Kevin on the Cape. Welcome back, Kev. How are you doing tonight? Good, Dave. Uh, it was a long time ago. It was when the Riviera <laughs> was still rocking. Yeah, those are the days. Um, circus, circus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, John spent fifty bucks on the on the club seats. He probably could have gotten comp by spending like ten seconds at a roulette table. And good to see you guys, man. That was that was quite a week. Um, yeah, had my three my three screens going on Saturday night for the last two weeks for the first time in a, who knows like a decade, so uh, wild wild stuff. Yeah, I I saw that. You're Andy, set- how how was Dave? How was Dave in the, in the bar situation? That's I, I need to know <laughs> that part, and then I want and then next week I need to hear John's recap of his Vegas trip. But yeah, living I mean, vicariously through you guys. Yeah, it wasn't too late of a night. Um, went to a karaoke bar after the. After the Ram Thursday night game, um, and we got some late night cheeseburgers and some milkshakes. But uh, all in all, wow. all in all, it was, a, it was a good night. You know, uh, if I didn't have work that night, I was it's a busy week. So I, if I like if if last week was this week, I probably would have tied one on a little more on nice. Thursday night, to be honest. But I had to be a little more productive last Friday. But uh, Dave, Dave was already inviting by the time i got there so he had a he had a good time i had a good time except yeah. for my you know, bad gambling day but uh yeah. that's why you gamble win some lose some yeah 
Yeah, no, Andy, you were you were belting it out on at the bar. You had some great picks too. Yeah, our friend Andy had some talking heads rolling. He had uh, he had another good one. I forgot what the song, the second song was, but as a tribute to our friend Andy and Tom, if you're watching this, he's not. But if he was, if you were watching this, Tom, <laughs> um, I think you'd appreciate this. I I did uh, I did um, out of touch by Hollow Notes. And I was like, "This is going out to you, Andy." I didn't literally say that, but it, but it was definitely a, a tribute to Andy's uh, performance of the song on our on our podcast. And then people like after it, I don't know if it, I didn't, I, were like, "Yeah, man, good job, good job, yeah, that was really good." I'm like, "Wow, like, well, thanks." I didn't wasn't really didn't really think. I mean, I didn't. I I'm glad that they thought that way, but um, good times, yeah, dude, Andy. If I definitely was down to go like another two hours over this, but I definitely want to respect your work schedule, so it's all good. It's good to see you, though. Good to see you. All right. What do you think? What do you think John in Connecticut's go-to karaoke song is? Whoa, John! I'm gonna hear this. Nah. John's not in. John's not gonna answer. Uh, he's not. He's I, shaking I his honestly head. have no idea. That that's not a thing. So. What if like you had to though? But they were like you know, <laughs> like Andy put a gun to your head. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> I don't know. I can I can fake like it, just about anything. So. Okay. I don't have I don't have a specific song in mind. Kevin, I think he's gonna do "Living on a Prayer." That that's gonna be the one. It's really just whatever one you know the words. Like yeah. there we go. I can so, do I, I can do that one. I know the words to that one. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> oh man, but uh, I'm going back. I'm going back. I'm going back to Vegas too. Like one of these days, not, Vegas will be easier to do. But man, Seattle's awesome. So. We should get like some kind of anniversary thing from like. When was the time when Mike and, and Chris split up the first time? Like, oh nine. Oh nine. So like the fifteen or some kind of big anniversary of that should be a, a, a Vegas like just, I don't know twenty five. What is it? Who knows? I can't. I can't. I'm not doing. It's the like math, a year so. away. Like it's a fifteenth anniversary of the of the something not... when we're not too old. Like that would be that would be sad. Yeah. You know, like like a couple of us are like ah, no, he's. He's not in, he can't make the trip. He's in rough shape. Some kind of anniversary of that. Well, it's August, right? That was August. Yeah. I don't know about going to the desert in August. It's but. a little interesting because we are starting to get to that age where that actually might happen. You know, like, oh man, his knees are just not, just not, not cooperating with him for this trip. You know, you know, where it's kind of scary actually when you think about it. But. Um, but either way, I really love the idea, like a, a meetup in Vegas, just to commemorate the 15 years of the breakup, aka 15 years of the original—not the original board, but the board as we know it today's inception. That'd be cool, you know. That'd be just good to kind of relive some stuff. They have like it doesn't some doesn't some podcast company like take over one of the they have like a studio in one of the casinos now, Dave. You could, I think it's like Blue Wire or something. You really? know, like you guys know that one. Well, the it's what? Like a, I don't actually know about that. Um, I'll leave it to John and Andy to comment. I don't. Well, I don't... John probably knows. I'm, I think VSIN does a lot of their shows from like South, South Point. Point. Yeah. And then uh, Circa too. They're at South Point and Circa. Those are the two casinos they do their shows at. That's a great network, by the way. Like if you're just, um, it's actually available on like a lot of more platforms now. Because you know my family, I don't have. We don't. We have different like cable streaming systems and they have fubu and they turned me on to it like oh it's like this network all they do is talk about sports gambling all day i'm like really like what's this about 
And now it's on like YouTube TV, it's on a bunch of things and it's perfect for like background noise. Like if you're just doing whatever and you just have it on in the background, I just talk about sports gambling all day. So yes, they broadcast at the South Point and at Circa, the two casinos. Nice. Yeah, Circa, John, are you gonna try to get to Circa? I know it's downtown, but I heard the sports book is like. Yeah, I heard it's amazing. So we'll see. Um, we usually try to do at least one uh, adventure into old Las Vegas and that's where it's located. So we'll, I'll definitely try to get there. Looks awesome. But I don't know if my main like watching is gonna be done there. So I'm staying at Paris this year. So that's kind of like right in the middle of everything. So yeah, um, I don't know if that, I, I honestly don't know how their sports book is. I haven't stayed there before, so I'll have to check it out. But I know Bellagio is right across the street. I could always walk over there if I had to. So lots lots of options. That's the oh, good yeah. thing. Yeah, I love it. I love it. <laughs> I love it too. Um, Sorry for the audio issues over on YouTube. I, I apologize. Like OBS loves to reset they love to reset my audio settings every time a Windows updates, and then now I have to go back. I keep forgetting to check it. So uh, my apologies. I, 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 we should be back now, so you guys should be hearing us at this point. Um, so, well, I mean, we, we, what we were, if you missed, what you missed is we were talking about Vegas memories, Seattle memories, and things like that. And uh, it was definitely a good time, but uh, it's good to have you here. Uh, and I'm glad, the, glad to have a crowd tonight in the chat. Thank you so much for joining us. So let's get right to it. I mean... College football was just bananas, and I'm actually going to go to John first. Like, John, Bama had one – I mean, Texas had one get away. Bama had – I mean, sorry, um, uh, Notre Dame after hanging tough against Ohio State lost outright to Marshall. But bigger than that was Appalachian State after the near miss against North Carolina going into College Station and beating uh, Texas A&M outright. What an incredible weekend of college football. It just was a bananas from beginning to end. But what's interesting, there are surprises in a lot of different levels. Like everyone, um, folks thought, because some of the picks were for Stanford, and USC just humiliated them in um, at the farm. So, John, I mean, I don't how do you assess all this? Plus, at the end of it, Scott Frost got fired the next day, which is like sooner than a lot of people anticipated, but not completely surprising. John, so uh, tell us a little bit about your what you thought about week one, a week uh, about the weekend in college football. It was just madness all over. Yeah, uh, how about the Sun Belt? We talked about it before the season. I mean, you know, the Sun Belt East is like the new SEC West here. Uh, you know, Marshall goes into South Bend and really outplayed Notre Dame the whole game, and they ended up winning. I mean, Notre Dame, their quarterback, it's her, and they really don't have any, like, explosive offensive playmakers other than their tight end. But really, Marshall outplayed them. They get the win. Um, Appalachian State goes into College Station and gets a win at Texas a and Now, that game, you know, uh, A&M outgained them. Like, it could, it could have really gone either way. But still, like, App State made the plays when they needed to. Um, you know, they get the drive at the end of the game to, to close it out. And then the coup de grace, Georgia Southern winning at Nebraska to put the final nail in Scott Frost's coffin. Um, and it's funny, Clay Helton, who we all just, you know, laughed at for Georgia Southern hiring him. Well, maybe he's better off at a kind of a smaller school like that and not at somewhere like USC where it was just not really – working out well, but maybe at the group of five level, he clearly has a headed the team ready to play. And, um, you know, they put up 650 yards of offense. It was clearly, you know, 
Yeah, obviously it was a crazy game back and forth, but it was no fluke that they won the game. Um, so yeah, that's the Sun Belt continuing to stake a claim as maybe one of the, the best group of five conferences. I mean, certainly will be once those three teams leave the AAC next year, as we've discussed. But I mean, App State's in the driver's seat right now for um, the group of five bowl bid, I would say, between them and the AAC uh, winner. I mean, it's very early to, to say, but I mean, that's what you'd have to think at this point. Um, even though they did lose to Carolina, but I mean, that was just a wild game in and of itself. We didn't have the recap show last week. That was just a, a batshit crazy game. But um, yeah, the, the Sun Belt coming through clutch with those upset wins. And, uh, you know, you know, and obviously we'll, we'll get to this, the, the Bama Texas game in a minute, but I think in general, a lot of the, the results, you know, you hear these people, the news broke about the 12 team playoff and you hear some of these, these fans saying, Oh, well, it doesn't matter. Alabama and Georgia are going to win every year. Well, like prove it. Like, you know, okay. If they're, if they're good enough to win the 12 team playoff, then they'll win the 12 team playoff. Like what's wrong with getting more teams in it. And we saw on Saturday, Alabama as a 20 point favorite, they should have lost that game to Texas. Very unfortunate that Quinn Ewers gets hurt. He looked excellent before he went out of the game. Like he was dropping dimes. They, they he had a, he was playing great. Um, I think they would have won for sure if he had stayed in the game. Even without him, you know, Hudson Card came in and that was more of a offense kind of, you know, took a step back in terms of the play calling and, and game planning and whatnot. But they still moved the ball pretty well. I think Sark got a little conservative with some of the plays, especially um, the end of the half. He, he went for the field goal. I think maybe he could have been a little more aggressive for a touchdown. Uh, there's that bullshit call in the end zone, which, you know, they called the roughing the passer slash grounding but you know they then they called targeting they couldn't take it like it was just a confluence of events they had to ended up being like okay it's just an incomplete pass and in texas uh you know alabama had a pump but really it should have been a safety intentional grounding so they couldn't like take away those penalties it was just a, a shit show um you know bama had so many penalties they had like over 10 penalties and um you know they were able to escape so give credit to bryce young he's the, you know the heisman trophy winner so he made the plays when he needed to make them at the end of the game to get the, the final drive to, um, you know, down the field and win. But Bama is, they showed, they showed themselves to be vulnerable. Um, and I think the point is maybe the, the year is, is more wide open than we thought coming into the season, just based on these first couple of weeks. And also, like I said, the 12 team playoff, like maybe this is, you know, it's just not going to be okay. Well, it's just going to be Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State winning it every year with no competition. Maybe, you know, these teams going on the road to play uh, at some of these schools is, is going to be a challenge. So um, it was a crazy week. Um, let me see if there's any other games I want to mention here. Yeah, Dave, you mentioned USC Stanford. Um, yeah, that, I picked Stanford, so that was a bad pick on my part. But Stanford turned the ball over like five times in that game. They couldn't score on the goal line. Um, they really moved the ball pretty well against USC. So I'm not going to – I mean, USC won, but I'm not going to, like, upgrade them too much. I think I might be going with Fresno here in a little bit uh, for my picks. But, um, yeah, so that was kind of a disappointing game uh, because you brought that up. And then the late action was just tremendous. If you were still awake for Baylor, BYU, and Oregon State, Fresno State, uh, yeah, that Baylor, BYU game, man, I mean, I don't even know what to make it. There's, like, there's – Miss kick after miss kick after miss kick in overtime, and somehow um, BYU ends up getting the win. 
Um, and then uh, Oregon State goes for the win at the final play and the beats Fresno State. That was a, that was a wild game. So I'm, I'm just kind of rambling at this point. But it was a great week of action and um, lots of competitive games and upsets, which you want to see in, in college football. It makes it so much more fun than just these teams winning by, you know, four touchdowns every week. Yeah, it, it, it's interesting because I think as you see that, you go into a week where you kind of, the matchups seem to suggest on paper that that's going to happen. But you know what Ron says, like, you never know what's where the matchups are going to come from. And I think we could have more of the same same this weekend, too. So let's go to Randy. Let's get your recap of last week's action. Yeah, I'll just piggyback where John left off, and I'll start from the nightcap move backwards. Yeah, the BYU-Baylor, that game fucking was had juice, but if you had Baylor plus three and a half or Baylor plus two and a half, I mean, you're still feeling it, you know where. Um, they lost by six in double overtime. Baylor had first and goal from the four in the second overtime, down six. All you needed, once they, if they get in that end zone, like you're not going to lose your bet because obviously with the way the overtime rules are, it's going to go right to the two-point conversion attempts. Uh they had to go for two had they tied it at 26, 26. So if they don't get it, then it goes two point conversion versus two point conversion versus two point conversion. And if they do get it, then they win. But four cracks first goal, first and goal from the four, they don't get it. And as John mentioned earlier, like both teams had equal opportunities to win it themselves in regulation, field goals, doink, doink, doink. Uh, we all like shaping at quarterback for uh baylor but he he had a lot he, he just didn't seem like he had his best effort out there in provo uh they ran the ball at will against byu and uh good win for byu um their coach is tough to take um yeah and then I'm never going to get over it. I mean, obviously it's just gambling and get over it. You are over it, but I'll, I'll rant about it anyway. That Fresno state, Oregon state game, Jeff Tedford. I like him, but he really fucked it up. They're up five, fourth and five. You have a, arguably one of the best quarterbacks in the country, country, Jake Hayner, fourth and five. You're up five, four minutes left at the 35 yard line of Oregon state. Four minutes left. Move the chain. Go for it. Move the chain. You can ice the game right there. What does he do? He calls timeout, and he brings in this kicker who's already missed an extra point, already missed a chip shot field goal, and they try a 52-yard field goal. What do you think happens? They miss. Oregon State goes right down the field. Boom, boom, boom. And now uh, Oregon State now has a uh, four-point lead or three-point lead, I'm sorry, because uh, they go for two. Now, uh, Fresno State equals them, goes right down the field, boom, boom, boom. Uh, and what happens? They're up three. What happens? They miss the extra point. Of course, they miss the extra point. So now Oregon State, they only need three to tie and go overtime, or are they going to go right down the field and go for the touchdown? So what do you think happens, as John mentioned? They get to the two-yard line. There's eight seconds left. They line up for the field goal. What does Jeff Tedford do? He fucking calls timeout. He calls timeout. I don't care about the F-bombs. He calls timeout, and that makes Oregon State change their mind. Well, we're going to call timeout, freeze my kicker. We're going to just try to end it right then and there. And they do a wildcat formation, and Jeff Tedford calls his last timeout, and then they go back out again in the same wildcat formation, and they just they score at the last play of the game, 
And let's just say we had maybe uh, nine units on Fresno State. So yeah, that Dude. was a cool ending. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was that was that was a tough tough pill to swallow. Mm-hmm. And uh, credit to Oregon State, but fuck Jeff Tedford. It all goes back to that fourth down play, fourth and five, four minutes left, up five, and you're going to put it in the hands of this fucking clown field goal kicker that already missed an extra point and already missed a, a, a chippy field goal. But anyway, it was still a good game. Uh, Stanford, USC. Yeah, Stanford lost by 13, but as John mentioned, they they they, they fumbled the ball a million times in USC's red zone. Uh, David Shaw is a piece of shit. Um USC, I don't trust their defense, but their offense was was good. Just an embarrassing game for the Pac-10 or the Pac-12. Stanford can't even get a good crowd on ABC on Saturday night with Herb Street and Reese Davis because Fowler was doing the U.S. Open. Meanwhile, Fresno State sells out their their stadium for Oregon State, 40,000 people, uh, Fresno. Meanwhile, the farm, you can't even get a good crowd there. But um, fuck David Shaw. Um, John mentioned all the Sunbelt magic. That was great to see. Um, Georgia State UNC was a wild game, as expected. Um, Texas A&M, you know, Jimbo Fisher, king of the look-ahead situation because they have Miami. It's funny. Um, basically, game day would have been a college station. This week had they beat App State for the Miami game, but since uh, App State did what almost the unthinkable because they're 19-point underdogs, now game day is going to App State for Troy, so good for them, good for ESPN. Uh, What else? Yeah, Alabama, Texas. It's too bad that the Texas quarterback got hurt because he had some mojo going. I granted that first drive was scripted plays, but you know, Alabama looked looked a little shaky on the road. So many penalties, very unsaving like with the penalties, lack of discipline. And um, you know, before the fourth quarter, like they could not do anything. They besides that 80-yard run in the first quarter, they did nothing. And then in the fourth quarter, um, you know, what do you expect? It's not that surprising. The Heisman Trophy winner from the previous years made some plays, uh, but they they pulled that game out of the fire. As John mentioned, yeah, there. It seems like the backup quarterback Houston Card. Um, he seemed a little compromised too. Like he couldn't. His like ankle seemed a little hobbly. He couldn't put a, a lot of strength into his throw. So, good game. I would say if you're a Texas fan, that the refs hated Texas because. Alabama got away with uh, a handful of pass interference calls. Obviously, the the situation in the end zone where it wasn't it wasn't a safety, it wasn't intentional grounding, it wasn't uh, a late hit. It, the rest really screwed that one up. Uh, some other surprise, you know, Pittsburgh, Tennessee went into overtime. That was a great game. Uh, Texas Tech, Houston went into overtime. Um, Houston. They covered, but they they should have won that game outright. They they let Texas Tech convert fourth and twenty in the first overtime. Like that is unexcusable. You're only at the they're already at the twenty five yard line. Like how do you let them convert fourth and twenty there? Uh, that's Holgerson in a nutshell. And uh, what else here? Oh, good win for Washington State beating Wisconsin outright. 
um, in Madison as an 18 point or whatever, 17 and a half point uh, underdogs. And uh, our, yeah, I'm not going to mention ECU Old Dominion, but um, yeah, it was a, it was a exciting, exciting week two of, of college pigskin. And yeah, it was like, it, it kind of made perfect timing. Yeah. With the expansion announcement, which, which helps like the shitty conference, like the PAC 12, because now like they're going to get a bid once it goes to 12 at this point. So good for them. And then, yeah, the fact that Marshall did what they did in Notre Dame, like, yeah. So these, these teams can be beat at some, at certain points. So, you know, um, we'll move on. We'll move on. It was a, it was a good Saturday and, uh, you know, a lot of people on, you didn't think it would be a great Saturday on paper, but sometimes you get those, the best weeks when you don't think there's going to be much juice going into the week. Um, we had some exciting games. Um, yep. And even mentioned Kentucky, Florida. That was a, that was a great game too. That's true. Andy, thanks for the recap. Yeah, I really, it really goes to show you that, you know, never judge a book by its cover, in particular with college football scheduling. So um, that's the beauty of this sport. John, let's go to – no, we did went to John first. So let's go to Kevin. And uh, anything you'd like to add as far as the, the, the last week's action in college football? Can't really add too much after these guys talk. But um, I did let, just piggyback on what Andy just said about the, the playoff being announced and then all these teams like going, well, we don't want to be in it. A&M, Notre Dame, they're just shitting the bed like, oh, all these extra teams, well – um, and yeah, just wild stuff. I was locked in on the Kentucky Florida game at Kentucky, you know, where it counts. And our buddy John, I've watched Florida two weeks in a row, looks a lot like Billy Napier. I was just, I could not, the resemblance is uncanny. That's really all, uh, only a thing's going to be adding <laughs> for now. Point. Um, yeah, maybe it's the haircut. I don't know. Um, and, uh, but yeah, no, it's been great getting back into it um, and just realizing like kind of what all these guys just said, like some of these things just defying common sense and the kicking being shitty and the silly penalties and the, um, and just like the the underdogs, like all that. And it's not John's. I think John touched on it. It's like these aren't flukes anymore. These guys, these guys are getting like these are being out coached, you know, out gained. You know, they, these aren't just like hell Marys at the end and like holy cow, a b- bunch of crazy things happening like it's a really exciting exciting time um so yeah um that's pretty much all i got um and then just oh my last thing is they really need to stop playing college football in the state of iowa because it's horrendous (laughs) yeah embellish on that they need to give back the charter or whatever you get when you like join the ncaa and that that whole state should just be just we should just move away and go back to well they could leave the um the baseball field the, the field of dreams thing but the rest of it has got to go that's just they're like setting college football back decades yeah i mean this is this is like this is back in week one right but that game was There's both i think they've have they uh, does iowa does the hawkeyes have a they have one touchdown right I don't then, think they have one touchdown. I think they scored unless 14 they played last week. I'll double check. Games. Yeah, they lost to Iowa State. Oh, 10-7. yeah, 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 yeah. Got it, got it, got it. So that was one touchdown in two games? That's horrible. I think um, 
they would have to score like correct me if I'm wrong, John, like about a hundred points just to get to that North Carolina App State fourth quarter. <laughs> I mean, it's gonna take him so. years. <laughs> yeah, the, Mr. Mr. Ferenz needs to go, man. He, yeah. it's, it's time. Yeah. The most absurd of the, the most absurd part of it all is they're laying twenty three this week to Nevada with the total I saw that. A total of forty. That might be the, the ugliest game I think I've ever seen in my life. I saw that, John, and then I looked back because I was gonna I was looking for that for the picks and then Nevada lost to something I've never heard of, like Incarnate, incarnate Word. What is that? Yeah. That sounds like a like a Catholic, Catholic school Catholic, I played. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like school. a CYO team. That you play like you know Saint Augustine's versus Incarnate Conception, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, I saw that too. I was like, "How are they getting? How are they giving so many points to anyone?" But I don't think they can score twenty three. That's I mean, yeah, that's, the that's problem. yeah, that's crazy. It is. I feel like we've just foreshadowed one of the picks in our group. <laughs> I'm not gonna say who. <laughs> I feel like that there's gonna be a pick there from that game. Um, all right, everybody. So with that in mind, let's go to the picks. And as we mentioned, there are a lot of uh, really large point spreads in this week's action. I can't, I really can't find many or many great games to talk about as far as our featured games. So before we do that, let's go and go to the picks. Kevin, since you've been flying to start, I mean, two and two doesn't sound like much, but when you talk about how many upsets there were, that's a great week in my opinion. So let's see if you can keep it going. Two and two, yeah. I can't. This is this will be the last week in in the lead for sure. Four well, and two we'll with all, all these all these little sharps behind me just we'll circling. See. All right. Um. So we're doing. Do we want all four? Or do we just do no, college? Right. Two First. college. Two college. All right. Well, I went with my against the spread sort of theory in the first week, and it did well. So I'm going to stick with that with the first pick, and I'm taking the UTSA. I think it got plus 12 and a half at Texas. Yep. Um, I feel like this is the typical, like, Sarkeesian Texas. They basically beat Bama. You know, they you know that gets away from them, and then they lose to the following week to the Roadrunners, you know, a team named after a cartoon. Um, I feel like this is – it's going to be close. Um, I don't know. I don't think – Sarkeesian's going to be there for that long anyway. I, it's kind of, I don't have a good feeling. Um, that job is tough anyway. Um, so I'm going to take the Roadrunners in my first pick. And I couldn't decide between the second and third. I was hoping one of these guys would go first and I would cut it out. But I'm going to take Miami. At Texas A&M, I think Jimbo's best days are behind him. Um, and I just love the, uh, I don't know, I'm just kind of, like I'm just getting all back into it. I'm getting a little like goo goo gaga about um, the OC in Miami, the Josh Gaddis, the Michigan old Michigan guy, um, that whole staff. I've uh, just been reading a lot about them and Charlie Strong's there, and I like the guy uh, Cristobal. So I just think the, if Miami is going to like be back or be for real, this is the this is the time to tell us. This is the time to go into Texas A&M, even though I know they're coming off a loss. Um, so I'm going to take Miami plus, I think it's six, um, something like that, five, five or six. I'm going to say five and a half. Five and a half. All right. Yep. That's what I got. Yeah, you know what, Kev? I love both those picks. Good luck, my friend. Really good stuff. Yeah, I mean, very savvy. It sounds like the rest of the panel is in on it, too. Um, 
It'll be interesting to see how Texas A&M responds after a loss like that. I'm really, really curious. So that game's one to watch for sure. Um, let's go over now to Ron's picks. I'll give you them to you quickly. Um, so here's what we got. Ron in New Jersey's picks. He was 2-2 two and two last week. Let's see what we got over here. All right. Now, will he piggyback Kevin's picks in either front? No. He's going to start with Houston, actually, giving 9.5 against Kansas at home um, for game number one. For game number two, he's going to take Oklahoma, giving 10.5 at Nebraska, who now has a new coach after they fired Scott Frost. So that'll be... I, you know, that's an interesting one for me because I'm like, I don't know what to do with that. Like, that's interesting. Like, if Scott Frost was still there, I probably would have taken it. But, uh, but, but for Ron, it's Houston giving 9.5, Oklahoma giving 10.5. We have a bonus pick, too. And Ron's bonus pick, this will not count toward the contest, but he selects Air Force giving 14.5 at Wyoming Air Force Academy to go with Houston and Oklahoma as his two official picks for week three of college football. All right. So now that brings us to John in Connecticut. Two and two last week. Let's see if we can keep that mojo going. John, you have the floor for week three picks. All right, Dave. So we'll make it quick here. Um, I foreshadowed my one of my picks earlier. Uh, we'll go with the Fresno State Bulldogs plus 12 and a half um, at USC. As I mentioned last week, I thought Stanford really moved the ball well um, on USC's defense. Even in the first game, Rice was averaging like five yards of carry in the first half against USC. They had like three drives that went down by the goal line. Um, you know, and it, it, it kind of messed up from there. They had some pick sixes in the second half. So that game was a shit show for them. But still, the point is they were able to move the ball. Um, I don't think Fresno had any problem. Um, going up and down the field, putting up some points. You know, Jake Hayner and um, Jordan Mims is, you know, a terrific running back, and they have a, a great stable of receivers. So they're going to put up a bunch of points. I don't know if they're going to win. I think USC is going to put up a lot of points too. You know, Caleb Williams has been just electric so far, and Addison's been what he's, um, you know, lived up to be at the moment. So um, I, I think it'll be a pretty high-scoring game. I think the over is probably in play here too. But I think both teams are going to get to at least 30 points. So, you know, if it's like 45 to 35, USC, uh, you're a winner with Fresno plus 12 and a half. And also with this kind of game, the back door is going to be wide open. If Fresno's down 17 or 18 late, I mean, you just get that late time and you're going to get it. But I think this will be a really competitive game. So um, I was I was leaning this way, anything over 10. So uh, certainly I will take the 12 and a half. Give me Fresno plus 12 and a half for game number one. And game two, I might, you might regret this, but Scott Frost is gone, so we're going to go with the, <laughs> the Cornhuskers plus 11 at home against Oklahoma. I mean, you know, okay, it was a really horrible performance against Georgia Southern, but the look ahead, like the game of the year line, when this, you know, when I looked at this before the season, it was like Oklahoma minus three or minus four. So you're telling me that it's gone seven points towards Oklahoma's direction since the start of the season? I, I know... Nebraska has kind of looked, it's looked like shit. Frost is gone, but they're still, I think they have a talented team. I mean, Casey Thompson has looked really good. Their offense can put up a bunch of points. I mean, Oklahoma, this is a team who was trailing to Kent State 3 nothing near halftime last week. 
and, and you know they ended up having a good second half and they won like 33 to three or something but still really not that impressive um you know this is their first true road game i think you know nebraska does nothing but play close games like why would this be any different without frost so i think it's a little overreaction to that and um you know if this was like five or six like i would stay away but 11 i think there's value here on, on nebraska so uh, give me Nebraska plus 11 and Fresno plus 12 and a half. Two home dogs. I'm sorry, Fresno's at home. Two double-digit double dogs here for college football week number three. All right, John. Thank you very much for the picks. Good luck, of course. Um, now let's go to Andy in Seattle, and uh, we're ready for your college picks when you are. Yeah, thanks, Dave. I'm going to do checker on a checker with John and go head-to-head with Ron. I'm also on board with Nebraska. I also see it at plus eleven too. I know Ron has it minus ten and a half, but Dave, it's your show. You could I, no. You I'm going to go both, plus, you know, I'm, I'm going to have Ron minus ten and a half, and John and I plus eleven. You know, it's your show. <laughs> but, uh, plus eleven is fine. Let's go with it. But it's like, um, yeah, John nailed it. Like the line opened up at like four and a half on Sunday. Then they fire Frost, and the line minus ten and a half. Like. Nebraska getting blown up was never the issue. Nebraska getting blown out never. It's just they just always found ways to lose. And it, yeah, everything John said, bingo, bingo. I, they'll be able to move the ball downfield. Casey Thompson's good. I mean, their defense is their weakest link. So uh, yeah, I think regardless of what you think of Scott Frost and if you think they've been unshackled from this horrible coach like well then then they should be ready to play and then if you think well it's not going to make a difference anyway they're still not that good of a team well their identity is they're gonna play and lose at the last minute so i'm all on i'm all on board with nebraska getting the 11. uh i'm also on board with kevin's pick with um Meet Meep. I love them uh, against Texas. Meet Meep versus Army was another good game last Saturday. Um, but anyway, um, give me Nebraska for game number one. Game number two, I'm going to take Texas Tech getting 10 at NC State. Uh, this is an anti-NC This is an anti-NC State pick. As you know, we picked against them week uh, one against ECU. I watched the entire Texas Tech-Houston game. Now, Texas Tech is playing their backup quarterback, Donovan Smith, because Tyler Shue, or Slew, has a shoulder injury. And I liked what I saw out of this Donovan Smith character. Dual threat. He ran it. He threw it. He's kind of, he's big. Uh, and I think 10 points is a lot. If you're, you know, back doors wide open, I'm not a big ACC ACC guy. I've never been a big NCC State guy. Um, this Texas Tech team has that uh, OC um, Kitteridge from Western Kentucky. Um, so I think he's going to work some magic. This Donovan Smith guy, uh, probably only going to get a little better with more reps with the first team this week. So. Red Raiders me plus 10 and two bonus picks real quick. Um, John touched on it. The USC Fresno State over. If you got it on Sunday, you would have the over is only 66 and a half. It's now up to 73 and a half. 
it's probably only going to go up. So if you paid attention earlier, you'd have gotten it a, a, a much more feasible number. Having said that, I still think it's going to go over this, the, the current 73. And another quick bonus is Georgia State team total over because they're playing Charlotte. And all Charlotte does is allow their opponents to just score 40 points or more. And I, I, I see that trend continuing. At Georgia State, uh, there is they could be their own worst enemy. But um, I think they'll be, be able to score whatever the team total is. I don't even know it. I'm just betting it blind on Saturday. Team total Georgia State, the other bonus. <laughs> Andy, nice. look at you going to the totals. I, I that's rare for a, for you, for Andy to do total bets. Like that's really interesting to me. Have you come around on totals? That's very no. I just picked my spots. <laughs> John, we text offline about like stupid you know, over unders and stuff, and I just like if you don't have a good feeling on certain games, and I. I've watched way too much Charlotte football this year. Mm-hmm. And oh, God, why would you do that? <laughs> well, <laughs> <'cause> they, <laughs> that's not? another guy. That's another coach who's got to go. I mean, they're yeah. horrible. Yeah. Uh, even Yeah. Will Healy doesn't have his defense on board <laughs> for whatever reason. So, and uh, yeah, I watched that Maryland. <laughs> watched Maryland Charlotte last week to his brother light up the uh, Charlotte 49ers. Um, and yeah, so this week, Georgia State. And then, yeah, the Fresno-USC game, I think it's just going to be a track meet. Um, Fresno State did not have a good defense. They couldn't stop Oregon State. And as, a you know, USC let David Shaw look relatively modern from from for stretches. So I think you're going to see like a 45-38 type of game. Andy, I'm going to give you the total – from Perva Bovada for Georgia State, forty points. Forty points. Oh, yeah. yeah. Taking it. Taking it. Cool. Cool. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yep. That sounds. It sounds very gettable. It sounds very gettable. Georgia's a, Georgia's a pretty solid team. So, um, all right, folks. So let's let's go look at our featured games for the NCAA. Let's see if this button works right. Let's see. No. <laughs> Not even close. Not even close. Let me see if I can fix that. Hold on a sec. Goodness gracious. I'm going to go find it. Uh, just give me a second here. NCAA featured games are here. There they are. Um, not much to talk about. You can see it right here. I mean, it's really just a matter of um, BYU-Oregon. That's going to be a good game. We mentioned Miami-Texas a and I thought that was going to be a good game. Fresno State-USC, I, I think you are, you all, we all are calling it for the over. That will be a fun game. I think that will be a good one to watch. I, I'm looking forward to that one. Um, and I think there might be more than that. But uh, let's go back to the panel and see what you think about some of this week's action. I mean, I mean, we've kind of covered a lot of it already, so don't we don't have to get too deep into this. But back to John for a second. Um, anything you wanted to note specifically from this this weekend slate? Yeah, it's another one that doesn't look great on paper, but just like we just saw, sometimes that'll give you the best juice for the weekend. Um, yeah, the BYU Oregon game is interesting. Not really sure what to make of Oregon because they played arguably the best team in the country, Georgia, and then, you know, an FCS, you know, Patsy. So not really sure. Uh, BYU has looked really good. Um, South Florida is garbage. That was a terrible pick by us on the first week. Although I will say I'm going to blame it on the lightning delay. I think they were ready to go at like 4 o'clock when the game started, and there was like a three-hour lightning delay, and that just killed the momentum. And that's what I'm going to stick with for any of my losing picks that have a lightning delay. So that's what I'm going to blame it on. But – in any event, uh, BYU has looked has looked really solid. So, 
I, you know, it's a toss-up game. I mean, it's three and a half the spread. I would definitely lean BYU with that spread, uh, with that half point, um, just because they're more experienced in terms of the, um, you know, their players and with the coaching staff compared to Oregon, who's still figuring it out under Lanning. And then plus Bo Nix, you know, we know you're not, well, you know, you don't know what you're going to get from him always. And it could be, you know, a good bow or bad bow. So um, I would lean towards BYU with those points, getting the three and a half. Um, some other interesting games here. Um, let's see. Yeah, Mississippi State, LSU, um, SEC game uh, that night. Uh, I don't know about this one. It, the line is really fishy. Mississippi State minus two. Like, they're just begging you to take Mississippi State. I don't know if I'm going to fall into that trap. Um, you know, Brian Kelly, like, it was a disaster, his first game against Florida, against Florida State. But I think they might turn it around, like, that's just begging you to take LSU, uh, to Mississippi State. I might end up going with LSU in that one. Um, Michigan State, Washington's another interesting game. Um, I would lean Washington here, you know, only giving a field goal. I haven't, you know, I've been impressed with Washington. Um, we talked about it on our previous show, like, you know, the Penix DeBoer connection has really um, looked good so far. And, you know, we'll expect that to continue. So I'm on board with, with Washington. I, not a fan of Peyton Thorne. I haven't been impressed with him. That first game against Western Michigan, like they got the cover, but it was just like by the skin of their teeth. And just, I don't, I'm not a fan of, of uh, Michigan state in this, and not in this matchup anyway. Um, I, I like Washington giving the three. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm going with the UTSA pick. Yeah. So the, the teams that got the upsets last week. So you're kind of like on, you know, you play the reverse of that. So like Troy getting 12 and a half against app state. Like that would have been my third pick if we had done three picks. I think though their defense is good enough to to keep it close. So that would have been a pick of mine. Um, you know, UTSA after getting all those points after Texas has that emotional game against Bama. Um, so that would be it. That's another good one. And then Marshall laying 17 at Bowling Green. I wouldn't take uh, Marshall for sure. I mean, I'm not sure I want to take Bowling Green either. Um, but that's kind of the thing with these these upsets. You kind of go the other way the following week. Um, yeah, and then Georgia Southern. They're getting 11 and a half at UAB. I think everyone will be on Georgia Southern in that game. I think maybe UAB is the play. It's like, oh my God, Georgia Southern just beat Nebraska. Now they're getting 11 and a half. Well, I think there might be a reason for that. Um, and then uh, Texas Tech, NC State, I'm, I'm on board with Texas Tech in that matchup. I like them getting a 10. Um, and then uh, one more I'll mention here, um, SMU and Maryland. You want to see a game with some points. This is the game you want to go to. So bet the over on here. Uh, you got Twilia Tagovailoa. I'm only going to say that once. Um, and all those receivers at Maryland going up against an SMU defense that's not great. Then SMU has Mordecai and all their weapons um, that can put up just a ton of points. The over under 73, and I would definitely um, bet the over on this one. And I think SMU, um, I thought I saw the lines three and a half. Uh, I would go with SMU at three and a half. But if it goes under that, I probably wouldn't. But that that half is key. So. Yeah, some some pretty interesting games this week. Um, the early slate is not really good. Uh, Oklahoma, Nebraska is okay, but the rest of them are just kind of meh. Uh, UConn getting forty seven and a half at Michigan. That's a that's an interesting line. Um, Hawaii covered fifty one against them, so maybe UConn if they can score ten points, I think they'll they'll cover. But that's a that's a big if. So um, yeah, a pretty good slate of just nothing great in terms of like you know top 10 teams playing against each other, but Hey, you know what? It's college football. We'll take all the Saturdays that we can get here. 
Would you take that theory as far as, you know, like teams coming off of a big loss and teams coming off a big win to the Wisconsin game? Because Wisconsin's laying 37 against New Mexico State. Like, where would you? Oh, God. Yeah, that game is just brutal. Um, I would go the Andy route in this one, and I would play New Mexico State team total under. They are not going to score in this game unless Ah. it's like a play. I like that. Okay, cool. All right, Kevin, and anything as far as uh, um, wait, let me go to Andy first. Andy first, um, Andy, any as far um, what would you, what any quick hitters on uh, on the upcoming weekend in college football? Yeah, uh, Purdue Syracuse in the early morning out here. I'll probably play Syracuse. It's because I hate I hate Jeff Brom and uh, Purdue's defense isn't all that good. Oh. You know what's funny? I was just thinking, oh, I mean, I already made the picks, but I love I love Penn State against Auburn. I hate – I mean, I hate James Franklin, but I don't think Brian Harson and the ex-LSU quarterback Finley are that good either. And uh, I, even though I hate Penn State, I think their offense is going to take care of business even on the road. All right. So, uh, probably just have to squeeze my nose and take Penn state against Auburn. That's a pretty good game. Um, the, I'll actually be at the, you duh, the, you duh, Michigan state game tailgating at 10 AM. I will be drunk off my rear end and (laughs) my third gummy by the time the game starts. But, uh, that'll be fun. There's like, 20 of us going. Um, wow. And right now my line's three and a half, and I'll either buy the point, buy a half point, maybe it'll go down, or just take take a money line with a couple other teams or something. But I'm at the same mindset as John. I don't like the Michigan State quarterback. Michigan State's best receiver is questionable, and Mel Tucker won't say one way or the other if he's playing. Um, so I'll probably take the dog, the dogs, the Huskies, Washington, and then, um, yeah, like, yeah, Texas UTSA is a sneaky good game. My Fresno, Fresno State USC is a, I think is a really good game. Um, that's, that's basically about it. Oh yeah. For the family and we all like Tulane, they're two and oh, and they need to get to, Seven and five to win the bet. Six and six to tie the bet. They're fourteen point underdogs at Kansas State, but it's Kansas State. I think they could win that game. Why not? And then to just piggyback on the whole letdown situation, like I, I'm not touching Colorado State because Colorado State is a very atrocious team. Although I like their coach, and eventually he'll get the pieces together, but he has nothing to work with. Uh, but I, I wouldn't take Washington State giving 17 and a half against Colorado State because Washington State, I don't know how they handle the feeling of such a big victory at Wisconsin, and now they have to tone it back and take care of business against a team that they should easily take care of. But you never know. They could, they're definitely still partying. And then there's one more game. Uh, Washington State. No, that's if it comes to me, it comes to me. If not, we move on. Cool beans. You know, um, the 
I think I would like to take a chance on that spread against Iowa. I'm trying to remember what the number was. Let me see. Nevada is so bad. Bottom. Yeah. yeah, they're really bad. They're but bad. see, Iowa, how are they going to score 23 points? Like, I, I just, it's just, it's going to be a fascinating game to watch. Yeah. Uh, maybe just not that often. That's, <laughs> oh, no. that's what I will say. Uh, I think good that's a good call. I will say one last thing, and I don't let me do it again. I, I will, because I think they play Hawaii. I bet on a New Mexico State game week zero, week one, and week two. <laughs> oh. We all have our teams that we sometimes place a bet on. It happens. You know, you're, you're going to bet some shitty teams over the course of the season. But one more, I will say one more bet, Alabama first half against Louisiana Monroe. I don't know what it is. It might, it might, the, the game spread is 49. So the first <laughs> half might be 35. I don't know. Let me I, get that. I, I would say like 28, I would lay it. it maybe even 31, I'm, I'm laying that because, you know, they, they got their ass shoot this week. And the, the Louisiana Monroe is not going to be providing any resistance uh, in, the, in this matchup. John, I do want to give you the – before we get to that, I want to give you the team total for New Mexico State in the game against Wisconsin. Three and a half. Now, look, I think that's – Wait. You can get an under no, for that. No, that doesn't add up, though, Dave, because the spread is 37, and then the total is 46 and a half. So that would have to be like uh, – it, it can't be three. It's got to be like seven or eight well, or something. The total, the total for Wisconsin is 41 and a half. Like just was, like their points. The, is the, did the game total go down? Did the game total go down? Yeah, to like the, the total. Well, the game total is forty six. The spread is thirty seven and a half. So yeah, so that doesn't add up. So the spreads they have to match up. Like the the, the team totals have to match the spreads. Uh, yeah, usually they do. Like the difference between the two teams has to match the spread, but then the, the has to match the the total for the game. I'm I might be the only one who notices this, but like that's how they do it. Forty-five. Yeah. Well, that is also a shitty book, too. Yeah, so fair. maybe it's that's not fair. exactly accurate, yeah. but yeah. I just don't know how I to get. I thought it would have been like seven. I would uh, if there's a way, Andy. If you know how to get those same numbers from action, let me know because like uh, that's I'd rather do that. I just didn't. I just don't exactly know how to do that yet. I'll pull it up, Dave, while okay. you're okay. You need to go to Kevin. So. But uh, yeah, let's go ahead and go to Kevin. Um, the team John told... giving a master class on the numbers right there. I I buy it. I buy I it. I am an accounting major, so. <laughs> I love it, John. No, that makes That's a lot of fantastic. sense, right? You know, like the team tools have to add up to the over under. I feel like, yeah, I feel like John. I feel like you should you should be, like, in Vegas for the football season. Like you should just relocate there, <laughs> you know, and like just. Just like grind it out, yeah. get like a bank, you know, bankroll, and just grind it out, and then kind of. You if know, you're bankrolling me, you sure, I'm, I'm there. <laughs> nice. Well, that depends on what we're talking about, but yeah, I, I could. I, <laughs> I mean, the coach, and we, I, I already told the kids, only one of them's going to college, so you can, we, we can, uh, we can work on something. Well, while we um, it out. yeah, these guys, I mean, I'm just a clown now, you know, compared to these two, it's it's it's, and but um, I like what Andy said. I think. Uh, Harzen and Auburn is is the next sort of I'm, I'm waiting to start the uh the watch list on him the next big coached it's going to take a while because he's got some some patsies I think coming up in the schedule but I'd like it to start this week um going down to Penn State and my nights like I think I told you guys that two weeks ago um I'm I'm a I'm with you guys at night so I'm, I'm pumped I have like probably I think it's Michigan State Washington Miami 
And then like the Fresno with these guys, just watching those three games would probably be where I'm at. And I don't know, Andy, is the third gummy, is that recommended like on Saturday? Like what time? Because I still got to uh, little... So first gummy will be like at 9 a.m. Second gummy will be like at 2 o'clock. And okay. then I'll probably have one like right before halftime. Because I've got like, I've got an old stash from an old, from an old injury. It's still, it's still in the closet somewhere. I made 10 just milligrams take... though. Like that's. I, 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 I wasn't sure what I was doing the first time. I probably should have. I just need your number for this. Cause I remember I took one, did nothing. And then my buddy who told, who sent me, who sent me to get him, he's like, take another one. You're, you're a lot bigger than I am. So I, nothing. So I took the third one and he's like, you took the third. I've never taken any of these things before. And he's like, you took the th- a third one. And I was like, I don't know. And I, and I thought it would, there was nothing, nothing happening. And then the next morning, my wife was like, what were you doing last night? And I was like, I don't know. I was just watching YouTube and and I was apparently, I think I was watching like stand up, like Tom Segura. She goes, I've never heard you laugh like that in my entire life. Apparently, I was just watching like Netflix stand up comedy for hours, just like literally pissing my pants. Um, So, yeah. So uh, those three games, the, uh, oh, and my last one is um, I noticed this one. I'm, I'm sure you guys are probably either on it or either that you didn't mention it makes me kind of nervous. Um, but North, North Dakota State at Arizona, um, then they're, you know, kind of like, I don't know, I think Arizona's kind of trash. The, the coaches, Jed Fish, who does sound like a stand-up comedian's kind of name. Um, I don't think he's ever was a head coach before, before Arizona. It kind of shows. Um, but uh, the North Dakota State, I just like that. And I don't think it's, I think it's like a pick them. So it's not like I'm shedding any light, but uh, I'd love to see another one of these um, lesser known schools be one of these name programs. So I'll be looking in on that one too. I think that's at night also. So um, yeah, that's where I'll be at. I'll be, uh, be with Andy and Spirit on the gummy train. That leech, that Notre Dame, or not Notre Dame, but the, the leech uh, Brian Kelly matchup. Whoa, that's, that's hilarious. Yeah. That's like he's two, already getting shit from the media down there. Like it's it's not going to fly what he was doing at Notre did, Dame. With those, did you see uh, him? He SEC said that was it a woman? I can't remember the reporter. He uh, she showed up late to the first press conference after the first game, and he's like, "You're late. What's up?" And she's like, "If you start winning, I'll show up on time." Oh, that was awesome. And I, they don't. He has this his sense of humor sucks, and it just doesn't work. And yeah, really nothing's going to beat his. Nothing's going ever going to beat his first appearance at the basketball game where he got his Cajun accent and he's like, we're having a great time and I haven't won all of my games yet. I'm here with my family tonight. It was the, that was like the most bizarre thing I've ever seen in my I life. I think they're, we're, we're, are we calling that the Foghorn Leghorn? Like that accent? <laughs> we were doing Bugs Bunny before. I think that was, I mean, that was, I saw that clip. That was, that yeah, was, that was crazy. And anyway, Dave, I did look it up and you, for, for whatever reason, you're right. Like in this scenario, uh, it's three and a half in New Mexico State. So it's 41 and a half for Wisconsin, three and a half for New Mexico State. And that adds up to 45. The game total is 46 and a half. So there's like a point and a half of like extra. Like it should add up to the 46 and a half. But hmm. they're giving you a point and a half here. So, um, yeah. So what does that I mean? Would... What is Tommy supposed to bet on that one? He want... There's got to be some kind of angle. Yeah. I mean, under three and a half, like if, 
if, if it's just played in between the 20s, they're not going to score. But, like, there's always the worry that, like, you know, Graham Mertz will throw a stupid interception and they'll be at the 10-yard line. And, okay, like, they can get they can find 10 yards into the end zone. A muffed punt. Yeah, or that, too. Yeah, a muffed punt. You know, that, that's that, what happened last week. UTEP muffed the punt. That's the only one rebound <laughs> New Mexico State scored because they got the ball at the two-yard line. A muffed punt. Yeah. Wow. So, I mean – I would if, if you if you had to bet, I would say under, but I, I wouldn't like with a, just a regular, you know, a unit bet or something. I mean, for fun, if you want to put put on under three and a half, just to root for a team not to score, sure, why not? It's yeah, I mean, you're you're going to be in that one for a while, whichever way you go on it. So that's the one thing you have to. Or try. it could be over early, like if they return the opening kickoff oh. for a touchdown, <laughs> just walk out of the room. Didn't, didn't that happen with UConn one year? Like they yeah, did, last year against yeah. Clemson, they returned the opening kickoff for a touchdown. That was like the only touchdown they had the whole game. Got the job done, John. I remember it well. Yep. <laughs> All right, folks, let's get over to the NFL and uh, NFL action. Really, really exciting. What a way to start the start the year. It started with a huge, with a monster performance by the. Uh, the Buffalo Bills against the Rams at SoFi Stadium in in uh, Inglewood. Just a huge win for the Bills. Now, I don't know what that means for the rest of the season, but that was a great performance. Even though the the first half was sloppy, the rest of the weekend was also pretty exciting. Uh, you had some close finishes and a whole lot of games, a lot of bad, a lot of dumb decisions, a lot of bad mistakes by a lot of teams. The Steelers were pretty much gifted i gotta tell you i think they were gifted that win against cincinnati i mean look give it to them for the what they did on defense but i mean you missed a field goal twice <laughs> I, think, I think they missed an extra point if i remember correctly at the end of regulation the the Bengals to force the overtime and then they missed a field goal when they had it um in field goal in plenty of plenty of range like there's very close and they missed it it's like you can't do much more than that and still expect to win the game. So the Steelers finally, after like almost the entire overtime session, won. I mean, it was a fun game. To, it was a wild game to watch, but, man, ugly as hell. A um, lot of good action. I'm not going to get into too much detail. Let's just go back. Let's actually start with Andy. Andy, let's get your thoughts on last week's action. There was a lot of action. We were we were watching some of that together on Thursday. Uh, but what did you think of the week in, in the NFL? Yeah, Dave, uh, won't really touch too much about the Rams and the Bills. I mean, the Bills look like a juggernaut, and the Rams just looked a little spotty. Um, they did not look uh, defensively cohesive, as you would have expected, but maybe Josh Allen is just that good right now. Um, Cooper Cup, I mean, Cooper Cup, what are you going to say? He's he's a machine, him and Stafford, but um, I think the Rams will be all right, although – you know, I'd probably take – I might take Atlanta foreshadowing the picks because they're getting 10 and a half. But, uh, Dave, I, I will say this. Like, even though I, I like to kind of make fun of Tomlin, but he's still a hell of a coach, especially when he's an underdog in his own division. He's actually an underdog again against the Patriots, which is – I might have to take them. But um, I will say this. Like, last year they were so stale – and it was because of Roethlisberger. Like, they just look so much fresher. And I know it's Mitch Trubisky, but you know how Belichick is going to get rid of the guy maybe one year too soon? Like, Roethlisberger should have been gone two years ago. They let Roethlisberger rot and manifest and mutate his shit for an extra year. 
and uh, it, it showed last year. Even though we won that dopey eight and a half over, but uh, with the tie, but um, they just look better. They look better. That defense, which was a joke last year, look at now. Are they going to force five turnovers a game? I don't think so because some of those interceptions were kind of fluky. I don't think the Bengals are going to look as bad as they did against Dallas. I actually love Cincinnati against Dallas this week. But, um, yeah, uh, that, was a, that was a good game, crazy game. Uh, Houston and Indianapolis, that was a wonky game too. Lovey Smith got – what is Lovey Smith doing in overtime on fourth and three from like the 47? Like, go ahead and win that game. Like, go ahead and win that game. And I, I had Texas or Houston plus seven. Go ahead and try to win that game. Coward. And uh, they were doing, they should have won that game. Um, Mills, I think, fumbled midway through the fourth quarter. That kind of opened the door for the Indianapolis comeback. And, uh, those games, AFC South, you just you just never know. I didn't watch any of Washington, Jacksonville. I uh, watched obviously a lot of the Patriots, Dolphins game. Something's a little off with New England. There was a, uh, it was Tua. They they let Tua get away with some sketchy throws. McDaniel's not McDaniel's, yeah McDaniel's, um, but not that McDaniel's. The, the, the Dolphin McDaniels, they went for it on fourth and seven with 30 seconds left from like the 40 yard line and uh, Waddle, Waddle touchdown pass in between three Patriot defenders. Just one of those games. Uh, first play, first drive of the game. New England's got it like at the 15 yard line of Miami and uh, Mac Jones threw a pick, but it definitely was pass interference, but you know, no excuses. And then, yeah, Two crazy plays for the Dolphins accounted for their touchdowns in the first half. I think the Patriots will be okay, um, but the Dolphins are a live team now. That's a good, that's a sneaky good game this week. Baltimore and the Dolphins. Um, good for the Giants. I know JB was watching, then he wasn't watching, then he was watching, then he wasn't watching, but he was watching. Good win for the Giants. They're up thirteen nothing, and it's like they're down thirteen nothing, and they're such a boring team. But they had a great second half. Saquon Barkley looked like old Saquon Barkley. Now, can he do it for the for the entire year? I don't think so. You know, Daniel Jones still looks like trash. Um, fat Randy Bullock missed a field goal. So everything kind of had to go perfectly for the Giants to steal that game in Nashville, but they did. So credit to them. Baltimore Jets was a was a bore. Um, what else? Uh, San Francisco, Chicago, I did not watch too much of it, but it was, like, played in, like, a monsoon. Trey Lance didn't play all that well. Um, the Sunday night game, I thought Dallas would be ready to go. Uh, I thought Tom Brady would be a little rusty. I thought Dallas pass rush would, you know, bother Brady. Like, Brady gets bothered when he doesn't get time. He doesn't like to move around. You know, the Saints do it. The Jets used to do it. The Ravens do it. And the Cowboys actually did do it. I mean, Micah Parsons had a great game, but Dallas's offense was like the dud of the week. The absolute dud of the week. Fuck you, Dallas. Fuck you. All you hear about is the plethora of weapons they have, and they just absolutely laid a freaking egg. So that was Sunday night, laid an egg. Um, Packers, Minnesota. Minnesota looked very good in that first half. They kind of went stale in the second half. Aaron Rodgers will be fine. They don't play in the preseason. 
as I saw John tweet about it, like just throw the ball to Dobbs every time. You know, we all know him. He was at Nevada for two years with Carson Strong. Like he's going to be a great receiver. Packers will be fine. Um, Lions Eagles was like a crazy back and forth game. Uh, no defense whatsoever. That was entertaining. Eagles might be the re- Eagles strike me as a team that are uh, like they're going to score at will against the teams they're supposed to win, and then they might lay eggs against you know formidable competition. Uh, Kansas City, Arizona went exactly how we thought it would. Fuck Cliff Kingsbury, fade him as long as you can. And the Chiefs might have something to prove because they're like, oh, Tyreek Hill's gone. That offense lost a bit, but I'm sorry. You still got Patrick Mahomes and Juju Smith-Schuster and Meacham. They're, they'll be fine, all right? The Chiefs will be fine. They look they looked all world on Sunday in front of Nance and Romo. And then uh, I'll let the other guys talk about Seattle, Denver, but, I mean, it's a hot take. It's a reactionary league. If we all like to do it, but Nathaniel Hackett, man, you couldn't be more clueless. Um, just, but also Denver, like, don't fumble at the one yard line twice either. Um, and good for Geno Smith. All he does is get laughed at. Good for Geno. Someone holding a Seahawk plus five and a half over five and a half win ticket. We're uh, we're one and zero. Yep, it was a very very pesky line. Going into that Seahawk game, they Denver giving six and a half on the road in Seattle. Just you say it out loud, and it's like I know Seattle's bad now, but that's just for a team that really hasn't proven anything yet with Russ in on the team. I just thought that was a very interesting number, and I didn't touch it. But I'm just like, you know, I'm I, I didn't feel comfortable with either end of it really. So John, let's get your pick, your, your, your recap of last week's action as well. Yeah, that was a great witching hour for the early action on Sunday. I mean, you had like five games that were I, – I thought Red Zone was going to do like the quad box, whatever, for all four of them, but they they staggered it and they took you from one finish to the other, which I don't know. I, I kind of like it when they, they're like rushing to see all that live. But, um, yeah, the Steelers and Bengals, I mean, it was reminiscent of the Bengals-Packers game from last year when no one could make a kick. You know, both sides just, you know – epic failures in the kicking game. But, um, yeah, Dave, you're right. The Steelers' defense really won it from them. Burrow, four interceptions and a fumble. Uh, that's probably the worst game he's played of his career. I mean, he's he's not going to play like that again. Um, you know, obviously credit to the Steelers' defense. The, I wonder what odds you could have gotten on Minka Fitzpatrick scoring the first touchdown of the NFL season. I bet it would be pretty significant uh, with the pick six. But, um, you know, you know, the Steelers – Offense just enough uh, to get the job done. I mean, we'll see. They're not going to get five turnovers every week, but hey, a win's a win. Um, so that was a good start for them. You had the the Panthers and the Browns. Another game where the line just like screamed taking the Panthers. Oh, Baker Mayfield at home pick them against Jacoby Brissett. This looks easy. And of course, like the Browns basically dominated most of the game, and then the Panthers finally got some good plays going. Uh, some you know, that long pass to Robbie Anderson, and then um, you know the Browns end up winning at the end with a, a 57 yarder. That their kicker looks—he's going to be a, a good one from LSU. Cade uh, York, that was a good draft pick by them. So they get the win. That was a, another witching hour game. Um, the Falcons falconing like they do, up 26 to 10 in the fourth quarter. That's Just right. the same old shit with these 
new coaches, new everything, same old shit. Falcons can't hold a lead in the fourth quarter. They had the Saints just dead. And um, Winston leads them back and they end up getting a one-point win. Um, and and they, they're still using Taysom Hill. So even though Sean Payton's not there, uh, we still get to see those stretch plays with Taysom Hill um, each and every week. Yeah, the, the Niners was very uh, – the Niners-Bears game, that was an easy under once you saw the weather forecast. I mean, that was just as easy as it gets. Trey Lance, still lots of questions about him. I mean, I'm not going to judge him off of one game in a monsoon, but not great so far from what we've seen. We'll see if he can get it on track against um, Seattle this week. Uh, you know, Andy asked the question, what is Lovey Smith doing? I'll say, even to expand on that, what is Lovey Smith doing coaching in the NFL as a head coach? <laughs> It makes no sense. But, um, yeah, he he played for the tie, which is so stupid. It's week one. Like, go for it, man. Like, these coaches, I I just don't understand. Like, what's what's the worst that's going to happen to you? You've been fired, like, ten times already. You're going to get fired again? Like, who cares? Like, (laughs) go for it. Um, But, yeah, the Colts, they pulled a tie out of their ass for sure. Um, So, they got to be happy about that. You know, the late action. Yeah, the Packers were – I mean, it set the tone for the entire game. Christian Watson dropping that pass. Like, you spent the whole offseason, like, designing the perfect play to start your year. Rodgers just throws a perfect pass out there, you know, 40 yards down the field right into his hands, and he drops it. It would have been a touchdown. And it just set the complexion for the game. Like, then he was just kind of, you know, not looking their way after that point. Um, you know, the rookie receivers, and there's just a lot of miscommunication. They were missing their tackles. You know, they got stopped on the goal line. So it was just a bad game all around. I think they'll they'll bounce back. But um, you know, I, I we've talked about this before with them. Like they don't play in the preseason. So like the game one is almost essentially like an extension of the preseason. So that was rough. Yeah, the Cowboys are they're in for a rough season without Dak Prescott and you know, Mike McCarthy calling plays. It's not a good combination right there. They're they're just a, a complete disgrace. Um you know, the Bucs were right for the picking in that game, and they just couldn't do it. And then, yeah, Monday night, I mean, my God. <laughs> you know, you can clearly tell, like, Nathaniel Hackett, like, he fleeced over the Denver Broncos, that's for sure, because he was never involved in, like, you know, game decisions or play calling with the Packers. He was just involved in, like, you know, game planning for the week. Like, Matt LaFleur calls every single play for the Packers. And clearly, this, this showed because – they get to the 50 yard line with a minute and 20, one minute and 20 seconds left. And they have three timeouts and they end up kicking a 64 yard field goal, like settling for a 64 yard field goal. I just absolute buffoonery. Like you could have fired the guy on the spot. Like if I own the Denver Broncos, I might've fired him after one game because how is it going to get any better from this? Like it, it just can't, um, you know, because he's, he's going to make these, He's not going to make a similar decision like this, but it's always going to be like in the back of your mind. Like he's going to pick the wrong option when giving all the, all the scenarios. And it's just, it's just basic clock management at that point. Like you keep, you want to keep pushing the ball down the field and, you know, and they saw, well, we didn't want to leave Geno Smith any time. Like there's 10 seconds left. <laughs> it just, you know, I, I just didn't understand that. Of course, like everyone was just screaming at their TV and it's just, it was really bad, but yeah, you know, Denver really dominated the game in terms of yardage. They had the two fumbles. But sometimes, you know, football, it, it bounces in weird ways. And um, it didn't didn't uh, didn't happen for the Broncos with some of those turnovers. And it, it led to that 
just terrific decision, and uh, we'll see if, where they go from here. But certainly not a good debut for uh, for for Hackett there with that with that decision. John, how old is Hackett? Because oh, I don't know. I mean, he's got to be maybe in his forties, early fifties. I don't know. He, he can't. It doesn't seem like he's that old, but he coached like an old guy with that kind of strategy, like. That's not right. Like, right. He, he took it like right from the Lovey Smith playbook. Yeah. That's something that he would do. Yeah. Yeah. Just a terrible coaching job by Hackett. I, I was just as shocked. It was just unbelievable, really. Okay, let's go to Kevin. Let's get your thoughts on last week's action. Kevin? I just looked him up. He's 19. He's, he's young. He's younger than I am. That's crazy. He's like 43. That That's inexcusable. That's inexcusable. Which if is kind of old. If you're going to be wrong... Be wrong in the Chargers coach direction and be overly aggressive. Don't be that kind of wrong. Don't be stuffy and old and stodgy old and wrong. That kind of wrong is just everybody does that. All the retreads do that. Like, don't be them. That's that's very disappointing. <laughs> Kevin, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, these guys, I'm not going to – I'm going to come up with an angle to uh, contribute on on the recap. These guys do, do – I can't do anything better than they do. Um I was going to start doing like live updates from the, the Britt Reed trial, but he copped a plea. So that's out. And then, uh, but maybe I could start doing live updates from the Brett Favre deposition. Cause that's going to be coming up. Soon. Brett, wait, 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 uh, there's a Brett Favre deposition point. right now. At some point, um, oh, you think? <laughs> but I'm not getting me in, getting me to Mississippi is not likely. Um, so yeah, so I'll come up with something. Uh, the Giants. That's my. Those, that's those are my. Yeah, lucky to win that one. And this week is the prototypical game that they would lose. Um, we might get into that a little later. So, uh, yeah. If we, if I, if I keep, if I'm lucky enough to keep joining you guys, I'll come up with a, with a better angle than this because they uh, with something different because these guys got the recaps covered. All right, it's well said. But maybe, a, maybe I could be the. I could be our court reporter because I mean that's just inevitable in this league yeah these days absolutely the 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 courtroom is just as getting just as much action as the football field <laughs> i dig it okay so uh in that case uh, I mean, I, andy i went back when i was the we you know you had to come up with all these different things we had a guy who at uh at nbc sports he was the it was it sounds horrible um but it was like 2006 or seven when we restarted when the, we got football again and he was the guy he would put together the slideshows of the cheerleaders that was like his job like he would he would put together but so like everybody i'm like everyone's got a role dude and yours is to just scan getty images and put together slideshows and it was the most clicked it was they people clicked on that more than they clicked on the notre dame stuff so i'm not going to say i'm doing a cheerleader report but i'll, I'll come up with something different. oh my goodness wild and crazy well i mean listen i believe it i believe it but anyway, um, with that all set up, um, let's go to the NFL picks. I, it, it is going to be a pretty interesting weekend. I mean, not as maybe not as many uh, paper matchups as we saw last week, but um, let's just get right to the picks. I don't want to waste too much more time. Um, so we'll start with John. And I am. Very, I mean, some of these point spreads are really interesting, John. So I'm ready for you when you are with the NFL week number two picks. All right, Dave, <clears throat> we're going to. Opposite of my my college picks, we're going to go with two favorites this week for the NFL. Um, I'm going to start with the Ravens, minus three and a half at Miami. I think, uh, number one, this is a coaching mismatch. Um, Harbaugh against um, 
Mike McDaniel. Can we call him a hipster? He kind of looks like a hipster to me. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but he certainly outcoached Belichick on Sunday, the hipster. <laughs> uh, got the best of old Bill. But, um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, Miami was impressive, their defense anyway, but I don't think the Patriots' offense is too much to write home about at the moment. Um, you know, they got some turnovers. I think that the Ravens' secondary is the strength of their team, and that's what the Dolphins are going to do is throw the ball around. And I think uh, the Ravens will be able to uh, slow that down. Um, and I think this is a little bit too short uh, in terms of the spread. I think the Ravens can win this by, like, you know, six points or so. Um, there's a little bit of a revenge angle. If you remember last year, Baltimore had a horrible game on a Thursday night in Miami. I don't think they've forgotten about that. Um, and I think Baltimore, with a fully healthy Baltimore team, which they clearly weren't last year, I think is better than this Dolphins team. Um, I'm still not 100% sold on Tua. And like I said, I think it's a good matchup for the Ravens defense. Lamar <coughs> will, you know, they'll do their thing and, and score enough to, to get the win. You know, call it like 24 to 17 or something like that, 24 to 14. Uh, I think the, the Ravens will win this one and, and get the cover. So we'll go Baltimore minus three and a half. And then game two, I almost never do this, but I'm going to take the Packers. Uh, give me minus 10 uh, over the Bears. You know, the floor is 8-0 against the spread and straight up after a loss uh, in his career. Like, every time they lose, they will come back and put together a good performance. Um, you know, the, the, the Rodgers owns the Bears, as we know. Uh, like I said before, I think just a, a, num a numerous things went against uh, Green Bay and just kind of snowballed in the game on Sunday. I think they're going to look much crisper and sharp at home. And I think the Bears, it was just kind of a fluke game against the Niners with that weather, and they just got some things going in the second half. And I don't think it's going to be sustainable. I think the Packers' defense is still good, and I think they're going to shut down fields, and I think Rodgers will get on track. Um, that stat I gave about Lafleur, he's had more than eight losses in his career, but I did see the stat somewhere. It's like maybe after like a, a ten point loss or something. Regardless, there he's usually very, very good after a loss. So uh, we will uh, bank on that, and we'll bank on Rodgers having um, an MVP like performance that he's capable of, and we'll take Green Bay minus ten at home against the Bears and Ravens minus three and a half at home against the Dolphins. All right, John, thanks very much for the picks. Good luck. And moving ahead, we're going to go over to Kevin on the Cape. I am wondering if you're going to take, uh, if anyone's going to take something from the Thursday game. Let's go find out. Kevin, we're ready for your picks when you are. Oh, good gracious. I was hoping to that uh, these guys would just take that picks and I would be out um, <laughs> and go last. Uh, but oh, no, I think listen, going... if you want to go last, we could. I could I could move ahead to like some other picks and, and move. No, to I would that would be that would be cowardly now. <laughs> All right, very well. Let's can't do let's that. Do it, let's um, do so I'm gonna go with. Well, I guess I'm gonna go back to a, a week one that worked. I don't know. I probably just keep going this way until it it doesn't and go against the Jets. Um, so I'm gonna take the Browns. I think it's like minus six. That I think I saw it this morning or. Um, Five and a half. Yeah, and it's it, all right. Sure. Um, yeah, it's more of an anti-Jets pick, but yeah, I'm just going to keep doing. I'm going to run with that for a while. Um, and for number two, oh man, um, I'm going to take the Raiders. Um, I think it's the same kind of thing. Five, five or six. Um, uh, kind of. Yeah, for no other reason than uh, 
I like the quarterback over there, and uh, it's sort of. I don't even know if it's in Vegas, but you know, is it in Vegas? Or it maybe, is. Uh, yep. maybe John's kind of aura in town can uh, can help can help me win that one. Yeah, it is in Vegas. I was thinking of going to that one, but it's like two hundred fifty bucks for the nosebleed. So I was like, nah, I'm I'm gonna pay less and get club seats for UNLV North Texas. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and yeah, you get, you need take that 250 and you can use do that better use. You know, go do one of those, you know, numbers things around blackjack table or something. Uh, but yeah, so that's it. Raiders and the Browns. Okay. All right, very I I like the I think they're pretty savvy picks myself, folks. So thanks very much, Kevin. Good luck. Um let's continue with Ron's picks. Now, now here's a funny thing about about um, fading the Jets. It seems like a popular thing to do, and I'll tell you <laughs> what. From what I'm seeing so far, it appears, it appears, that Ron is also on the fade the Jets bandwagon because last week he faded the Jets, and this week he's gonna do it again. So his first pick, Browns giving five and a half at home against the Jets. No need to spend a whole lot of time with explanation. So that's pick number one for Ron in New Jersey. Game number two is going to be a very interesting call, and I think it's a decent play. We'll see if it's true. But he selects the Panthers getting one and a half at the Giants after the Giants had that big, very, and I'm going to repeat, very unlikely win against Tennessee um, last week. So uh, an interesting idea. You know, There's always a chance of overreaction, so Ron's going to play this the other way gonna go carolina plus one and a half to go with browns minus five and a half for week two of nfl picks and good luck ron of course uh we're gonna keep it here because i gotta give you my picks for in just a moment um no actually no let's not do that sorry i did we we had uh oh, okay yeah i think i got this all straight i should probably do these in order next time okay <laughs> so let's go to andy in seattle andy we're ready for your two nfl picks Thanks, Dave. Yeah, game number one, I'm going to want to go to tomorrow's game. And uh, sorry, Yachts. Maybe congratulations, Yachts. Sorry to hear that, Yachts. Hang in there, Yachts. Good luck, Yachts. Sorry, Yachts. I'm taking the Chiefs minus four. Uh, it's just maybe I'm just googly eyes, recency bias. But I loved what I saw. Sunday uh, from the Chiefs, especially in that first half. And um, I don't know if Mahomes has like something extra to prove or whatever, but he looked good. He looked sharp. He looked crisp. All his weapons, it's a lot to go, uh, you know, to go head to head with that type of offense. I know Kansas City's defense it worries you a little bit, but uh, it worries you a little bit. And the Chargers, I don't think Eckler, Austin Eckler did not really, he didn't really even exist against the Raiders on Sunday. I don't think he's going to, in fact, I think he'll have a really good game against the Chiefs. But I'm just banking on the Charger coach getting a little too aggressive because he's going to, I have to keep up with the Chiefs, I have to keep up with the Chiefs, which is going to result in him going for it on almost every fourth down. I'm banking on the uh, the statistics just not working out for him, and maybe they go for it on fourth and three a couple times from midfield. They don't get it. Now all of a sudden you got Mahomes in midfield. I just feel like um, 
there's going to be a little too much offense uh, for the Chargers to handle. Also, a little bit of a revenge game because I, I believe I believe the Chargers won in Arrowhead last year. Uh, Dave, maybe can look that up. But I, I feel like there's some revenge angle here. And uh, just give me the Chiefs minus four, game number one. In game number two, uh, I'm torn, I'm torn, I'm torn. I, I like Atlanta. But I'm just – this is going to – this could backfire, but I don't care. I'm a stubborn, irrational piece of shit sometimes. So I'm going to take the Bengals giving seven and a half, Manson Romo at Dallas. I just hated what I saw. For, and I already regret this because the Chiefs offense the, – the, the, I'm sorry, the Bengals offensive line is actually very atrocious, and I can see Parsons going ham. But uh, they'll just have to – Gets creative with some protecting schemes and maybe just Burrow's going to have to get the ball out of his hand very quick to throw it to Chase right away and uh, dink and dunk to Mixon uh, because Dallas does have a very good pass rush but they have no offense I'm not betting on Cooper Rush and um, C.D. Lamb can do everything he can but uh, I just I think the Bengals will bounce back I do. I right now just talking about. It, I am. I already read this pick. I, I, I'm worried about the <laughs> uh, Bengals' offensive line issue because their offensive line is pretty bad. But uh, this is just an anti-Dallas pick, and I don't think uh, the Bengals are going to turn it over five times like they did against the Steelers. I don't think they're going to miss field goals like they did against the Steelers. And um, you know, Chase. Didn't even have that great of a game. I mean, he had obviously had a touchdown, but for his standard, he gets held to a much higher standard. Uh, Burrow gets held to a much higher standard. You know, time to bounce back, and uh, you got to just take it out on a a rudderless, crappy Dallas Cowboy team that unfortunately is going to be on national TV way too much. Even with the healthy Prescott, they're just on way too much. So, uh, give me the Bengals. Minus seven and a half, game number two. All right, Andy. Now let me follow up on your question about the Chargers. Um, and good luck, by the way, good, uh, good on the picks. They did beat Kansas City. Now, if you remember from that game in Kansas City, um, uh, Staley went for it at the two-yard line with only 30 seconds left, and the, Char- and the Chiefs had no timeouts. Now, what I remember from watching that is I was livid at the time. That was a horrible game clock management decision because they could have run out the clock, and I think all they needed was a field goal to win the game, and like they could have run it down to like two seconds and then kicked the field goal to win. I mean, it worked out, but you don't want to give the Chiefs the ball back with over a minute and a half to go in the game. Just ask the Bills about that. Do you remember that, fellas? I remember the Bills, but now that you've mentioned this, yeah, I do I do remember this now. Oh, they got away with them there. Because you were seeing, like, Mahomes was, like, dinking and dunking and going down the field. They didn't they, – they, they just came up short. But, man, they they looked like they could have definitely won the game if one little thing bounced right. But, anyway, they did, in fact, win that game. Chiefs could have revenge coming up tomorrow, so we'll see. Um, so that leaves us with my picks. Let's go get to them. I did not give you the college picks, so we'll start with those first. Um, <laughs> talk about buyer's remorse. I think I'm gonna. I, I think I'm already gonna. I think I may have already lost this one. But from college, game number one, Nevada getting 23 at Iowa. <laughs> I totally forgot about this. Oh no, Nevada might not score. So I don't know. 
gonna work out. I don't know, but I think if if you're gonna pick a side, I feel like that's the proper side to pick. We're gonna go with it. Nevada getting 23. Um, game number two in college, we're gonna take UTEP giving three at New Mexico. Now this is a this is one that I think our our crew our panel has very scout very um, astutely pointed out. New Mexico is one of those teams that no matter who's playing them, you just gotta fade them. But beyond that, UTEP's pretty good. They made a bowl last year. It's a pretty solid team, so I think I think you give you take a chance with UTEP. And uh, we'll give the three. So that's those are the college picks. Nevada plus twenty-three, UTEP minus three. Now to Sunday, I'm gonna I mean now to the NFL. I'm gonna go head to head with Andy. I'm actually gonna take the Chargers getting the four at the Chiefs. There's definitely a bit of recency bias playing into this. Which is namely that the Chargers had a nice win against the Raiders that they typically would lose. Like, they played, they held off the Raiders. That's not, usually they find a way to blow that game. I, I thought maybe things are changing with them. It's a good team. But uh, asking for them to do this in back-to-back years in Kansas City, it's asking a lot. For some reason, I feel like they might do it anyway. We'll find out. So, Chargers getting four. Game number two. This is most definitely a case of recency bias, and I think I'm on the good. I'm, I think I'm on the sharp side of this one. So the Bills, they just were just dynamite. They were dynamite. Like you know, the first half was terrible, but that second half, they were moving and grooving. They were killing the Rams, and they were sacking. They sacked the Rams seven times in that game. It's pretty impressive. Now, a friend of mine who I met last weekend in Seattle pointed out. Um, who happens to be from originally from Buffalo, pointed out that they were getting seven sacks without even rush, without even one blitz in the entire game. You know the last team to do that? And this is again, I can't take credit for this stat, <laughs> but the Bills was like it was like several years ago. So that's pretty impressive defense, all in all. But having said that, it's very easy to over overvalue the Bills after a game like that because you think, well, they beat the defending champions. Well, we don't know enough about the Rams. They've, they've got personnel changes. We don't know how good they are. And the same thing with the Titans. Well, they just lost to the Giants. Oh, my God. You know, they're terrible. I don't think either side is as good or as bad as they looked a week ago. So I think in this game, I expect a much closer game than you than anticipate. I think Titans are going to cover the 10 pretty easily to be honest with you i think it's gonna be a one possession game so we're gonna go tennessee here um now i'm trying to remember what happened in the playoffs i think at one point the titans got blitzed in a playoff game i can't remember anymore but either way i love the points titans plus 10 Chargers plus four week two i'll give you a bonus pick before we uh go into the games of the week um we talked about the falcons falconing a game you know, call me crazy. I think I like him getting ten and a half at the Rams. I might be, I might be completely off my, I might be completely bonkers here. I don't know, but I just don't think the Rams are that good. How about that? I think they're, I think they're going to be missing some key pieces from last year. That's sort of my thought. So Falcons plus ten and a half, bonus pick. The regular picks: Titans plus ten, Chargers plus four. Week two. All right. So um, let's go kick, kick a quick look at the NFL featured games. Give me just a second to cue this up but uh, first obviously we're talking about a really good one with um with a really good one with the uh the chargers and the chiefs that should be an absolute classic i think that's going to be a really great game um i do think that whether they cover or not whether either side covers or not it's going to be a really really fun one and that's going to be a and i believe it's the regular season debut of al michaels and chris collinsworth on amazon prime video as they take over the Thursday night football package this year. 
So it'll be a really interesting game to follow just from that standpoint. Um, and I'm looking forward to it. If you want to catch some coverage of that on, on the Twitch side, we'll, the Sandwich Show will be, will be uh, doing a live, um, a, live, uh, a, live co- a live chat show. Um, so Davey's eating a sandwich if you want to catch us watching the game. Uh, one of my friends, Robbie G, will be there with me. Um, but the rest of the schedule is, is, is um, decent, I think. I mentioned Titans-Bills. I think that could be sneaky good. That's at 7.15 Eastern on Monday Night Football. Before that, you've got the Cardinals against the Raiders. I, 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 did, I John, maybe you could explain this better, but I really love the idea of Cliff Kingsbury as an underdog. He really laid an egg. I was really shocked at that. But, hey, it might be a closer game, 425 Eastern on CBS. Vikings-Eagles will be the second leg of Monday night, 830 Eastern on ABC. Because they've split, they've kind of staggered the starts for the two Monday night football games. Why didn't they do it in week one? I don't know. That was kind of an unusual choice in and of itself. Wacky schedule, but some good games, I think. So let's go back to John, and let's get your thoughts about this week's action. Yeah, tomorrow's game is definitely the peak of the week for sure um you know great division matchup to the best quarterbacks in the nfl it figures a lot of points i mean the total is pretty high though you know 55 to get the over it's that's a lot you know you figure the chargers will want to play a little ball control keep it away from mahomes and you know keep him on the sidelines and you figure staley would have that up his sleeve but um yeah i mean i'm not sure where to go with that game in terms of a, a spread perspective, you know, you got to figure that the Chiefs are the team to go with at home, but the Chargers are tough. I mean, I don't know. I, I might just have to do a little more thinking before tomorrow comes. Uh, again, like, I don't have to bet it, but, I mean, come on. Like, it's Thursday night football. There's nothing else on. There's no college football. I don't even think there's any FCS games on. So we're going to be watching this. we got we got to bet it. Um, and, it's, and Dave, you're right. It's the debut of the new Amazon package. So mm-hmm. you have to watch just for the hilarity of, of what's going to happen with this. Although, you know, Al Michaels is great. And then, it, Dave, it's not Collinsworth. It's Kirk Herbstreit. Is oh, the of course. Sorry, I don't know why. I don't, yeah. Yeah, bad job out of me. Bad job. It's okay. Bad job. Yeah, you're you're right. still still clouded by Tariko and Collinsworth, which is just such a bore <laughs> so now boring. football. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's uh. bad. <laughs> but in any event. Um, yeah, that'll be interesting to see how that broadcast goes tomorrow. But, you know, and then the Sunday action, um, you know, there's no, like, amazing games. But, hey, everyone's, like, one and all own one. They're all, they all mean something at this point. Um, you know, the Patriots-Steelers game is interesting. I think that's going to be a pretty, pretty good defensive battle. Uh, Dave, you mentioned the Raiders and the Cardinals. Yeah, like – I might have to hold my nose and bet Cliff there with like plus six or plus five and a half. I mean, it's kind of like week one to week two is like the biggest overreaction with things in, in, in sports in the NFL. It's like, yeah. Oh my God, this team's horrible. They're the worst team to ever, you know, step foot on the gridiron or like, Oh my God, this team's going to win the Super Bowl. They're never going to lose again. It's just like, there's, you know, it's not as good as you think, or it's not as bad as you think. So I, I could see Arizona like staying within the spread on that. I could see like the Raiders by four. I think was I could see I definitely could see that so I might I might lean Arizona and then same thing like with these teams that lost like I already picked Green Bay but I think Denver's probably a good play too like Houston just p- maybe played the game of their year against the Colts and now they're going on the road to Denver I mean that's usually a tough spot to to go to usually in September anyway with altitude and whatnot and um, you know the Broncos will I they'll be ready to play for this one I think I could see that being a blowout um, and you know the two Monday night games are really good. 
uh, I, I tend to agree with you, Dave, on the Titans pick. I think, you know, maybe a little bit of, of an overreaction from Buffalo's week one performance. And Tennessee has beaten them the last two times that they played. So um, I think that I'd be able to, a tad too high. I can definitely see Tennessee covering that number. Um, and then the Vikings and Eagles, you know, two, you know, quote, contenders now in the NFC. <clears throat> if that ends up being the case, but um, should be an interesting game. Uh, should be some decent scoring in that. I don't know. I, I've seen lots of people on Minnesota. Again, I, I don't know if I want to overreact to week one against the Packers, but I'm not a huge fan of Jalen Hurts either. Like, I, I don't know if he's like the long-term answer there with Philly. That's a tough game. I, I might just stay away from that one. But um, should be fun, interesting to watch anyway. And Yeah, I, I think they said there are going to be more of these next year. Like, there's going to be like three or four double headers for Monday Night Football next year with the, the staggered starts. And honestly, like, give me – you know, it's, there's nothing worse than like when there's 10 games at one o'clock and then three at four o'clock. Like, let's get some different windows here so we can see some more action. So I'm all for it. But yeah, it should be a good week for the just chilling in the sports book, watching some games on Sunday. So be looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, are you staying through Monday, John? Oh, yeah. I'll be there. I leave Tuesday. So I'll be there okay. Monday and then Monday night for the for the two games. So that should be fun. So That's- you have like a Monday. Monday nights, like you know, usually you just get the one game, and I have two to follow on the, you know, on all the TVs there. Yeah, that's a nice spot, so you can watch both of them simultaneously. Good spot. All right, Andy, let's get your thoughts on the on this week's action. Yeah, just just to kind of rehash what y'all talked about. It's to borrow Mike's phrase, like you don't want to start zero and two. You don't want to start. 0. Oh, really? Good. <laughs> You do want to start on two? No, no, yeah. So, so if Meek was having a show, he'd be like, "You look at Denver. You don't want to go zero and two. Green Bay don't want to go zero and two. The Rams don't want to go zero and two. Yeah, no shit, Sherlock. But um, yeah, they uh, that Steeler obviously the Steeler Pat game being a Pat's Mongo, I'll be heavily invested in. And I just looked. The Pats are minus two and a half now. That that is just a strange line because I don't know the Patriots watching them, like watching them and thinking they're going to like score seven. It's like, it's like watching a like disabled, like chicken, like try to get to the coop. It's like, it doesn't look good. Like they don't look good. There's like all these other teams, like they, they run good offense and watching the pit. And I'm, I'm, I like Mac Jones. I want to root for Mac Jones, but it's like, it's like watching the jets. I'm sorry, Ron. Sorry. Jet fans was like, it's watching a, just an offense that is not highly skilled and efficient. It's like watching the giants. Sorry, JB. Sorry, LT. It's like, it's just, it's just not a good offense to watch time and time again. But um, not like we didn't have couple good years beforehand but uh you get the idea but that'll be a good game Ian Eagle Charles Davis and then uh yeah the more you think about it I'll I'll be that clown betting on Gosling after all because I don't I don't really like I don't like Derek Carr is John John knows we got screwed because they could every team converts two-point conversions like at 50 percent it's like a league average but 
Derek Carr was 0 for 4 last year at two-point conversions, and he lost an op- he, he didn't get the two-point conversion last week against the Chargers that would have given them the cover. Derek Carr, he also has small hands, so he fumbles the ball. I'm just not a Derek Carr guy. So, yep, sign me up. I'll take the Cardinals. <laughs> and then uh, I do love the Monday night doubleheader that staggered, and I think um, I'm with both you and John on the on the Titans getting the ten and um that Viking Eagle game, I'm guessing that over under is probably north of fifty or right right thereabouts as well. I feel like uh that game could definitely be very high scoring and then uh I'll probably be a Seahawk Mongo and I think they're getting nine at the moment. So I'll I need to see Trey Lance whoop whoop some teams before I'm gonna take Trey Lance given nine points. I know Seattle will probably do for a little bit of a reality check because Geno Smith isn't going to go 17 for 18 in the first half like he did last week. But, um, yeah, man, like football, we are we are just can't get enough pigskin right now. And the baseball. It's a great time of year, and I love doing these shows. And uh, try to – I'll sign up for two and two or three and one on the picks because uh, – don't want to get too greedy but i don't want to go one and three either so see what happens absolutely and it's kind of similar spot you know for all of us like we're just it's two and two or better that's a good week especially it's always tough to bet these games particularly this early in the season it's hard to say you know people are like so sure you know like to, so my friend coach was like making these points about the night oh this is the war this team is going to be trash but it's one week like it's like how can we make that point about after one week like i i think it's way too early to make this call about any of these teams so I, i'll have a better idea after week two let's see uh kevin any thoughts on week on the week two action coming up in the nfl I mean, Andy is just between the Mike and Owen two and the small hands. I mean, he's got the Francesa like <laughs> textbook stuff right there. That, that brought me back. Um, yeah. No, not much except I will get back into it. Um, I like the the Amazon thing. I mean, I've told you guys many a bunch of times now. I've got we've got a one year old and a almost four year old. So anything at night is like so any I think extra Thursday night, two games on Monday, Sunday night. I'll be with you. Um, yeah. Besides that, um, that's pretty much it. I mean, I'm just rocking and rolling to you guys and uh, looking forward to it. Oh, but the goddamn Mets got swept by the Cubs. I saw that. And that, that, that is all. That, <laughs> that can't happen, Kevin. In this that can't happen. That <laughs> can't happen. No. I, I mean, that, I mean, that's, I don't know. What are we, what are they doing? The Mets are. I mean, the Cubs have pretty much waved the white flag on that season. That that really can't. That really can't happen. That that's. Just, I, I I purposely like, took my Cubs hat that I got just as like a souvenir and like hit it. <laughs> but it didn't. That didn't work. Did oh, not boy. work. That's tough. That's rough. Sorry, man. I want to hang in there. And as far as that's concerned, that's rough. Um, I do oh, wanna... and another another news. Massachusetts. It looks like sports betting probably by the mm-hmm. end of the year, Andy. All right. So, Big time. Just had a little. They had a meeting, I think, yesterday or something, and all the corrupt little people are. Um, but there's, it's something like they're giving out a specific number of licenses. Like you already have to. So like all the casinos are going to get it, obviously, and like a couple. So uh, I'm hoping for the uh, New Year's Six to be my debut for real. So I'm using you guys, using this. It's all homework. 
So by then I'm going to be ready to go. Feel, yeah, it feels like that should have happened soon. I feel like Connecticut yeah. was very quick from the time when passing to going live. Well, you, I mean, you can read between the lines. You're a smart guy. Like I'm reading these articles and it should happen quick, but it's almost like these commissions are like, well, we have to justify the fact that we're getting six figures. We can't just like, they want to make all these little rules and all this other stuff. And I'm like, just like the, cause the, cause the, they had a guy on from, um, so the wind, I guess, is in like Springfield near Springfield now or something. Like one so of the there's resorts. the wind. There's the wind, which is in Everett, which sticks out like an eyesore. I got hammered. I lost so much money there two years in a row. But like that sports book is like it's there. Like the infrastructure. Is the, well, the guy called the guy called it like the Toucher and Rich show or something in the morning. It was just like, oh, we have to. We literally could just flip a switch, mm-hmm. and then the commission lady calls the show like twenty minutes later. Saying he misrepresented everything, oh, and they're like, no. "Come on, come on!" Yeah. Like yeah. they're all just ready, and ready to go. And the MGM, have, like, the, apps, the apps are already built. Everything's ready to go. MGM is the one in Springfield. Oh, all right, nice. Yeah, okay. Well, I probably won't be on site, but um, once that gets up and going, this will be exciting. I already, uh, I already withdrew my uh, my. I think I was like five hundred bones from my uh, sports, my FanDuel Ooh. horse racing account. To, to fund my New Year's Six uh, excitement, so yeah. Connecticut and New Hampshire, like New Hampshire, you can New Hampshire has sports books. Connecticut has everything. I mean, other states should just follow suits. Like Washington, thank goodness. I mean, I still gamble online anyway, but Washington now has like probably a half dozen casinos that have yeah. sports book on site. So it's slowly but surely. I mean, we yep. knew this was coming at some point. I, yeah, it's surprising it took so long. I agree with that, but I, I'm going to give you the, the California perspective on this too because um, what we have in California is we have two propositions in on the ballot for the upcoming election in November. California so, loves propositions. Oh, God, do they ever. Oh, my goodness. Oh, do they ever. Um, but, but at any rate, <laughs> hold on, let me, what happened over here? Oh, I know what happened. I just need to change this. Okay, so give me a second here. But, um, but at any rate, what the hell? Okay, hold on. Uh, YouTube situation. Okay, there we go. Oh, there we go. We got everybody back. There we go. That got ex- that got way too exciting. But at any rate, that was exciting. Um, <laughs> but uh, so here's what happened with that. So, um, so one of the propositions, Prop Twenty Seven, basically says, "Hey, FanDuel and DraftKings and whoever can do can do." can do online gambling that's great and there's another one prop 26 which i don't exactly know what that is but the indian tribal casinos have been putting these relentless campaigns on tv that are saying oh my god if you vote yes on 27 you're going to be cheating people out of hope everybody's going to go homeless you're going to be cheating people out of this and it's like are you freaking kidding me like this is literally a a power play by the casinos by the by the tribal casinos to try to get a piece of the pie. This nonsense about the homelessness is ridiculous because both of them should have some say in that. What's really happening in my book is that the the, the propositions in question are a matter of who's going to be getting this, who's going to be allowed to do the sports betting. Now, look, do you want do you want to make let the tribal casinos make these calls? That doesn't make sense to me. You can't use these casino apps easily on a phone. You know, I, I think that's kind of a mess. So 
I, I encourage you to read about the California scenario because it's like the way you see it in the commercial makes you think like, oh my gosh, they're gonna steal all this money away from like from like cities and communities, and it's like that's not what it is. It's because the, the tribes want the money to stay with them; they don't want anything to cut into it. But at the same time, it's like I'm they weren't doing sports gambling anyway. I I'm very confused as to the position of that, other than. They don't want people to stop from going to their casinos, but they still can go there for other gaming. It's just the the sports gambling in particular is just going to be its own deal. So you want to ask me about it. I'm voting for the one that lets you gamble, gamble on FanDuel and DraftKings. Pretty simple. So anyway, I don't know if you guys were – you probably were not up to speed on that. but Dave putting the, just another nail in the coffin of the Native Americans. No, yeah. it's not – I that's not a that, that's not fair. That's not fair. <laughs> that's not fair. That's not fair. Cuz like listen, at the end of the day, it's a matter I don't want to undercut the the success of Native American casinos. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is I think they're being a little disingenuous as to what their position is, and they do that on purpose. They want people to vote in favor of what their their interests are. I get it, but I'll uh, never feel bad for a casino. Tribe or not tribe, I'll never. Right. Exactly, Andy. That's the point. It's like they—they're acting like there's this this real social issue. Ultimately, it's just these casinos wanting a bigger cut of the pie. That's my thought on it. So anyway, I'm glad things are moving along in Connecticut. I'm glad things are moving along in Massachusetts. I am hopeful that people vote the way that I feel like they should vote in November. It's not the end of the world. They don't find, but but at least I'm just giving you what I think is going to happen. Um, so that's the scenario. And then you said Washington's about pretty close, Andy. No, Washington's had you could Washington's had sports gambling for about a year. Now. Oh, okay, okay. But how does that affect like fan like only online? only on only at the Native American casinos? Uh, see, like that, and yeah. that's you know that's it's better than nothing, right? Better than nothing. But but I, I there's no FanDuel, even though one of the casinos is FanDuel, but. There's no, like, I can't play in the duels that, you know, Leo, and yeah. I can't get in the golf duels. I, I'd love to do the golf duels, but whatever. Yeah. And I don't even really gamble at those. I don't, I mean, I gamble there, but I don't make sports bets there, really. Yeah. Because I just, I have other options anyways. Right. And, and, and what can you have access to every single day? And that's why I'm in favor of the the online casinos because it's like you can you can get easy access to it, and I think it's just a more fun product. Um, so that's that's all. All right, so let's. I I wanted to make sure we didn't leave the show before we talked about Scott Frost. I mean, it really went to shit. He was fired on Sunday after horrific after really embarrassing losses to both Nor- Northwestern and Georgia Southern. And it, I think the thing I wanted to say is that. I, I really think that it was just a bad it was just a it, it just didn't work out. I don't think you can go back and say Nebraska blew it. What did they blow? It was like a great it seemed like a great call at the time. I'm gonna go to John first, but what do you think went wrong with Scott Frost? I just don't understand why he seems so good at UCF and he seems so bad in Nebraska. What how would you explain it? I mean <laughs> It, on paper, it seemed like a great fit. The only thing I would say is he want, he did that at UCF. It was only two years. His first year, he was six and six, and then he had the unbelievable neck, you know, thirteen and zero or whatever it was that they were the quote national champions the whole bit. 
that was with George O'Leary's players. Like it, he didn't recruit, you know, 90% of the team. Obviously he had like a couple of recruiting classes, but the majority of the players weren't his. So, you know, obviously you give him credit for working with what he had there, but you know, he didn't build that program, you know, five, six, seven years of sustained success and then get the job. So I think that maybe he was kind of overvalued in the, the market. I mean, you got to strike where the iron is hot for sure. So I can't blame Nebraska for doing it. He's a former player and, you know, he's coming off an unbelievable year at central Florida in 2017. So, you know, you can't fault them for, for making the hire, but maybe he just wasn't as good as advertised and, you know, Nebraska is one of those programs with maybe a little, you know, they, they value themselves a little higher now than maybe they should be. I mean, this isn't 1995 anymore. You know, they're not one of the top five, you know, programs in college football. I mean, they're in the top 25 for sure, but they're not, they have a higher opinion of themselves than what they, than what they should. I, I think at this point and the expectations have to be a little, a little different. Um, I know, and obviously, you know, he never won a bowl game, so clearly he had to go. Um, but I think, you know, that that played into it as well. And they just can't get the talent that some of these other schools can get. So I think all those factors played into this marriage not going well. And, um, you know, they had to let him go. And it's just telling that I guess his buyout would have gone down by seven and a half million if they waited to like October 2nd. They wanted his ass gone so bad, like they just ate seven and a half million dollars. I'm sure there's a donor there you know, in Lincoln, that'll, that'll pick up the tab of, of the seven and a half million. But um, maybe Frost will be like Clay Helton and go to like a G5 school next year and, you know, he'll do fine. But it just, it just didn't work out there. And, you know, he lost all those close games. It's just not a, not a good, not a good tenure. And he proved himself not to be a, a as competent as maybe we thought he was at, at UCF. Yeah. He definitely looked in and over his head and it seemed more and more evident with every game. I, I am still a little surprised that they did, even with the loss of Georgia Southern. It's like, what does it really was seven and a half million dollars really worth like three other games? Like, were they really going to lose every one of those? I, I would have been surprised. It just seems does it make that much of a difference at this point? I mean, I mean, game wise, it's a lot of that's a lot of money. That's what I was a little surprised about. But I don't know. Andy, let's go to you. Get your thoughts on, on Frost, Frost post mortem. Yeah, I mean. At this point, I don't, it, what happened, happened. Uh, you know, I think, what's that quote in the office when Andy Bernard's talking to his girlfriend at the time? Like, I wish you know, I wish you could know when things are at their absolute best when they're actually at their best rather than like after the fact. And, Scott Frost was at his best with George O'Leary's players and 12-0 and at UCF. That was his uh, apex of his coaching career. He just didn't know it at the time. He thought better things were yet to come at Nebraska. And, I mean, it made sense at the time. He was, uh, you know, regardless of what he did, hiding – in the closet when Lawrence Phillips wanted to kick his ass. And that's a true story. Um, Dude. So would anyone on the planet would go into any high from that guy. <laughs> that's true. Hear yeah. the stories about Lawrence Phillips. Oh my goodness. They are Crazy legendary. Guy. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it, it just 
sometimes those uh, those situations just don't pan out, or like the local or the the hero as a player comes back to coach. And I mean, it worked for Spurrier, but um, it just didn't work for Scott Frost. And it like right away, it just seemed like, uh, Oh shit, what happened here? But uh, to John's point, like Nebraska is just like Tennessee. They, they, their, their perception is based off of like historical performances that are way too historical at this point and they should just be more realistic with their goals and aspirations like be it's okay to be it's okay to be uh, okay or what do they say with the mental way it's okay to not be okay but from Nebraska's point it's okay to be you know halfway decent but yeah they want it to be you know 1972 1995 they they want to compete with Ohio State and Penn State and Michigan when they probably are basically more in line with Wisconsin and Iowa in that in Michigan State, you know? And mm-hmm. and yeah, like if they get if they get Matt Campbell, then I don't know, like, like you see on the internet, like why if you're Matt Campbell, like Iowa State, you're much more I Matt Campbell can continue to be nine and three at Iowa State and not really have to feel any pressure. Matt Campbell goes nine and three and eight and four. Those Conehasker fans are going to be seeing red. We saw it on Twitter. Like it's a, like Scott Frost would have had to go like 30 and Oh, to like equal Bo Pelini's record or when John said that last week or the oh, week yeah, before yeah. like 50 <laughs> or something, it was something yeah, ridiculous. And Bo Pelini was laughed out of town. So, I mean, their expectations just need to get totally recalibrated, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Kevin? I think like you guys didn't just nail it. They think they're Ohio State and Michigan and they they like look look down on like the Baylors and like those those teams those programs have passed them. Um so that's part of the problem. I don't think money is the problem. They have tons there's I think they just I looked it up, they like just a couple of years ago they were still paying uh Polini and I mean they paid Bill Callahan, like six million bucks to leave. They've paid a lot of people to leave, and they've just got a billion dollars in the Big Ten contract. So I don't think any of that's an issue. I'm more curious of of where they're going to go because um, it was obvious. I don't, John. You like in when they were undefeated? Did they even beat besides the bowl game? They wouldn't have beaten anyone of any real consequence anyway. With Frost was thirteen and zero. Like it was seemed like they just got kind of caught up in the he was an ex-player and he was this all-american and we won the national title but that was when they were running the option and like i mean i don't know it just i don't i obviously hindsight everyone thought it was a good hire so i wouldn't say it wasn't but i mean i think it was auburn right that they play in yeah they, yeah that was a great win they beat auburn right. other than that i can't think of a notable team that they beat that year i know they beat memphis in the aac title game okay yeah they beat auburn in the bowl game but i don't other than that i don't remember anybody because even Andy, Andy, like with the eye, like uh, Campbell, like the fans, they that whole program. It, if you went to them and said we're going to bring in a guy from Iowa State, they 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 would they don't even care. Like they think they're so above that stuff where you're going to have to, you know, come at someone with real head coaching experience. I don't know. I, I feel like I, I feel like Albert is not going to get this right. He's going to kind about of about Urban Meyer. 
Yeah, like someone who's a total lunatic, um, who in the middle of in the middle of in you know Nebraska, forget about that the video of that girl grinding on his knee. I remember. I mean, <laughs> like he can't. I, yeah, that would be something. I like. Um, I don't know. I, I'm ho- hoping he com- comes with something kind of out of the box. I, like guys like Stoops. I don't know why would you go to Nebraska, um, but uh, and you've heard. Bill O'Brien and I don't know. I I don't have much confidence I'm, I'm getting this right. Only because of like you said with the Tennessee and the Texas and where they think they're at. You know, they co- sort of look down on these other coaches. And even the guy from Baylor, they would like we're not taking the Baylor coach, but I don't know. I, I feel like it's a tough it's it's one of these really tough places. Um because they're still living in the nineties and even like Annie's at the seventies, but at least, you know. I, I'm 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 on the uh, Chadwell bandwagon, the Coastal Carolina guy. That's gonna be my. I'm gonna be tooting his horn for for that for that job. It's sort of like his offense is kind of cool. It's a little bit of the, the throwback mixed in with some new stuff. So I haven't watched too much of them yet, but so far. And then I this the interim guy is never gonna get the job, but it would be nice to see him actually do do well and maybe get another job off this. The first black coach, by the way, not just in Nebraska football history, but the university history. So I thought that was kind of that's cool. crazy. I mean, yeah, any any sport. Th- that's that's just. I know it's Nebraska, but that's just crazy to me. That's crazy to me. It's shocking. Yeah, like that's crazy. It's like not even track, uh, not even basketball, like yeah, any sport. I yeah, I was I've been doing that's a lot of um. With the stuff I've been doing with the coaches, I've been delving into more of the, the kind of, the disparity and diversity in, in in the ads and the and the coaches and stuff. And that was a, that was a, yeah, not like women's volleyball thing. Like not one. This is the first black coach in Nebraska history. Well, then you have some catching up to do. That's all. That, I think that's the best way I could present. And um, there is a a way backdoor uh, correlation because he's never been. A coordinator, uh, mm-hmm. or an offensive defense coordinator. He's mm-hmm. like a wide receivers coach, but he, I looked at his exact um, resume, is very similar to Mr. Sweeney's in Clemson. They have like almost the same. He's older, but right. like they kind of came in now. They're the interim, and then they got the job. I mean, obviously Clemson at that time wasn't Clemson now, but um, I'm pulling. I'm pulling for Mickey Joseph and then uh, Mr. Chadwell in Coastal Carolina right now. I love it. I hope. We, yeah, he's been doing great things at Coastal. The shots have been just really on a great magic carpet, right? Like I, I, I root for him too. Um, Andy, before we go, what were the two bonus picks? They were totals, right? You had a, you had a team total, and then you had another one, I think. Oh yeah, I, you don't have to write them down. I just said, but yeah, it was uh, uh, it was uh, Georgia State over their team total against Maryland, and then the Fresno State USC over. Oh, that's a yeah, 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 yeah. We were talking about that. That that's a good one. Fresno State, Fresno State, USC over. Hopefully, Andy's not chasing by that time because like he'll go with the fourth oh. gummy, and the game is going to be at like eleven <laughs> o'clock at night. He's going to be betting the second oh, half we'll be over. Chased. Yeah, we'll be, that always happens. Yeah. And just to be just to make sure that it's a twelve thirty start for the Washington game. No, four thirty out here, seven thirty oh, okay. local, okay. seven thirty East Coast time. And John's game, I'm sur- North Texas is three point underdog. I know. I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to have to put a bet on North Texas now that I'm thinking about it. I just won't wear any, like, 
I say I don't have any North Texas apparel, so I'll be fine at the stadium. Is that know? on? Is that on campus? Where Where is that? It's uh, they play where the Raiders play. We just oh stadium. nice. Oh cool. Oh that'll be fun. Beautiful. Yeah, I went to I went to actually to a game last year. They played Iowa State and got absolutely demolished. It was like forty eight <laughs> to three. You were like the amount of Iowa State fans at that game five times the amount of UNLV fans. So I imagine this one's going to be very, very less attended. So it should be, it should be interesting, but yeah, I'm, I'm definitely leaning towards North Texas getting the field goal in that game. I think that, I, I enjoy the game, John, that's going to be great. Um, I do wonder if Scott Campbell's going to be the next guy that kind of goes to a bigger program and then doesn't really impress people because Ron is first guessing that now. You all heard him and his thoughts on Scott Campbell. He is not high on him at all. I think you weren't either, John, for that matter, if I recall correctly. I'm not sure. Correct Matt, Matt Campbell? Yeah, Matt Campbell. Did what? Yeah, Matt Campbell. Thanks, Scott. Yeah, Campbell's I mean, like, he had, his, he had his best team ever last year, yeah. and, like, they just fell on their face a number of times. Yeah. I just – I think he's fine for what he is. I just don't think he's, like – this like you know savior for a program like yep. that, if that's what you're yeah. looking for like i'm not i'm not on board with that like if you want to yeah. win seven games a year like sure you know but hey it'll be, be better than frost if he does that so right as <laughs> well. yeah yeah well we'll see where scott frost ends up next he will end up somewhere everybody does you know even guys like uh bob davy did at new mexico at one point in time Retreads end up everywhere at some point. Well, they just, you guys, Danny just said Lovey Smith is back. I mean, everybody gets recycled. I mean, and college has got 130 jobs opposed to the NFL. So he'll, Frost will be, oh, someone will hire him. Sure. If oh, Lovey Smith has a job, everybody's going to have a job. I mean, well, like Hugh Freeze hey, is, you know, is, if he follows the Cliff Kingsbury model, Scott Frost will be the coach of the Jets next year. <laughs> yeah, or he'll or he'll come. Yeah, be like the OC somewhere, and the coach get canned, and then they'll they'll just promote him. Yeah, but yeah. Be- I mean, I'm stunned at you, some of these names. I'm like, holy cow, this guy's back. You know, Hugh Freeze, the guy who was like texting escort escorts, is the head coach of Liberty. You can cannot get more of a. Uh, that was strange, but so born again, born again. Re, you know, retread. There yeah. you go. Liberty had a good year though uh, when they had uh, Willis. I'm not uh, saying it's bad. It yeah, no, no. Like he's a sleaze, for the, but for he's the, for the over Catholic, uber zealot Liberty crew. Yeah, but. right. No, I understand. I got you. I got you. I got you. I mean, yeah, it's a juxtaposition for sure. Um, I we're we're running we're we're running a little late tonight. So uh, anybody want to throw in some final thoughts before we go? I'm get I'm starving. I I'm getting the Shake Shack spicy burger sponsored nice. by Hot Ones. I dig it. Um, I do want to say hope just, everyone wins the Shake Shack spicy burger. That sounds I like hope everyone has a great weekend winning some bets and be here next week hopefully yeah. for a good recap. I yeah, good it. luck, John. Jealous. Thank you. Yeah, same. Yeah, that's gonna be awesome. Have a great weekend, John. Safe travels, my friend. Thank you, Dave. You bet. All right, everybody. Well, take care, everyone. Thanks again for joining us, and uh, we'll see you soon. Take care, bud. All right. Bye, Good bud. luck, everybody. Bye, Juan. See you. See ya. John, Andy, Kevin. Another great show. It was really, really good stuff. I do want to, I do want to, like, I'm sorry I got so heat fired up about the, the Prop 27 situation. Like, I, I need to read a little more about it to really have a better idea of what is happening with that. But naturally, I... As Andy said, I think Andy made a great point when he said 
don't ever feel sorry for casinos, no matter who's running them. They're casinos. They make tons of money. So I think that's an important thing to remember. So go with what works best for your situation. And I think in my case, I feel like the one that allows the integration of the the uh, the world of sports gambling with this thing, I think that's the way you do it. Anyway, that's it. That's our show tonight. Thank you very much for tuning in. It was been a, it was a really fun time. Uh, good luck, everyone, on your picks. We hope you enjoyed our advice. If you missed any part of it, we, the replays here on YouTube. We apologize for the um, the lack of audio in the beginning of the show. Uh, that's completely on me and Windows 11, for that matter. But regardless, I um, you can catch the complete audio at our podcast feed. Um, look for Dave in the city out. Um, like, sorry, look for Dick Cow Football on Apple Podcasts or your podcast player of choice, or go to dickcow.com. I'm Dave Medina. Have a great rest of your week. Um, if you want more football coverage, we'll be back on Twitch. Davey's eating a sandwich with a live commentary of the Thursday night football game, and we'll see you next time.